One nothing raised the pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep right center field. Siri at the wall. And it's gone. Mitchell looks for 70. <laughs> a sight to behold. He can't stop smiling, Brad. He was playing just fantastic <laughs> basketball. Here it comes. A swing and a liner back up the middle base hit into center. Here comes Quan. Here comes Rosario. The Guardians win. Are you ready? For the We Like Sports podcast, stay tuned and hear the latest on what the crew has to say regarding the latest sports topics nationally and locally. Make sure to check out WeLikeSportsPC.com and to subscribe on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at WeLikeSportsPC. And welcome to the We Like Sports Show. I'm your host, Ed in Columbus, with my guy, CJ in Cleveland. What's up, CJ? Oh, another day, man. You know, Tay Tay Swift train just keeps rolling on down the tracks. She's going to get a Super Bowl in her first year. Haven't seen numbers like this ever. 55 million people to watch Taylor Swift take on the Baltimore Ravens. She's just sounding, you know. She's she's doing it all, and she's carrying the Chiefs dynasty forward. Well, you know, I, I'll say this about Tay Tay. Um, she's definitely got eyes on her, and those eyes are going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, the CBS people have to be happy with uh, them oh. having the big game this year. So, can't wait to you hear know, all them Tony Romo noises. Where like, oh, Jim, I, ooh, I, I don't. <laughs> Isn't he better than Jackson Mahomes, though? Or is she better Tony than Jackson Romo. Mahomes? Oh, she, yeah, she's great. Yeah. I love it. I love the hate. I just. Nothing makes me happier than seeing like angry white people on Twitter, because like that's who's angry about her. Is it only just the white people though? I see, I see everybody. I see every. I think everybody's angry. I think everybody's angry. People get angry over dumb stuff. I, I love watching it. It's just you know they Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown. They show on the camera. You know Jake Brown against the Browns. He made you know four yard scramble. They show his hot girlfriend bouncing up and down. And, Everybody's stoked about it. I just, you know, she's billionaire. She's double standard. It's not well, fair. do you think if Tay Tay wore an outfit like uh, Browning's girlfriend, uh, things might be a little shaken? She can't fill that out like Jake Browning's girl. <laughs> hey, you said it, not I. Okay, I don't want them coming after me. I mean, there you go. He, he's in Cleveland, guys. CJ in Cleveland, stay away from Columbus. I did not say that. Sorry, I'm not in Cleveland Heights. <laughs> we'll be you, you're gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna run an old Donna Kelsey on the streets. Have you ever seen I'm her? I'm for it. I like her. I love I listen. I think Taylor Swift is awesome. I I do. That's why I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Can, My can Chiefs I, I just, future was based on Taylor Swift because she's going to be kissing him in the confetti font. That's going to be a lovely yeah. sight. Yeah. I, I, like, I, like I said, I, I, I'll say one thing, which I don't understand quite. You know, you have pro teams in Cleveland, obviously, and, and you got this player, Travis Kelsey, and he doesn't play for Cleveland. He doesn't help Cleveland out just because he's from Cleveland. Is it because Cleveland's so starved for for a it's it's so cool. What what is? I've never seen a city embrace somebody just, that that doesn't do anything. They're for so cool. I think that that's part of it. Like okay. he said, they're like the Mannings. Yeah, they that's just like that's good. Them. I, I you know they're, they're this generation man is weird because like I think I said before, I you know. I couldn't probably tell you who Jason Kelsey was four years ago. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, center for the Eagles. 
Okay. So, but they're, they're they're great. They're hilarious. They're cool dudes. You know, they're just from here. Okay. Well, all right. Well, you know what is cool? This is Eddie Columbus with their We Like Sports Breaking News. That's right. The hottest team in basketball is the Cavaliers. And if you ask our own Keith Allen, who happens not to be here, he will say Cleveland basketball is doing good. Look at Cleveland State, who just beat Robert Morris and plays Detroit Mercy on Thursday. Go Vikings. For real, for real. Keith always will. Let him know. The championship games in the NFL are over, and so is the Lions season. But Kansas City marches on, meaning Tay-Tay is going to the Super Bowl. And Weird Beard Eminem has to take his ass back to 8 Mile. Maybe Slim Shady can reacquaint himself with Stan. Hi, my name is. And finally, the Browns have hired former Cleveland quarterback Ken Dorsey. And with the way the Browns go through quarterbacks, Dorsey might just have to don the jersey once again on game days. I'm sure Stefanski would embrace this because Kevin wants to hold on to play calling like a fat kid holds on to cake. And this is an Columbus with your We Like Sports. Breaking news. It's so stupid breaking news anymore. They're so bad. Thank you. Thank you. They're so bad. Oh, They're good. Just speaking of bad. Hi, Peyton. Oh, hey. How's it going? Oh, it. Pops up. Living, living right, like Beetlejuice. Looking back and looking at break ad news because CJ, apparently, CJ, let me ask you, did Ed fuck it up? Break. No, but it's just so bad. It's good. Break ad <laughs> news is. It's so good. It's, it's, the ep- it's, the, it's the epitome of like a dad joke stretch hour with three minutes. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm like. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Here. That's all it is. I'm not trying to hide that, CJ. I'm not trying to hide. I'm just glad we don't do an hour of comedy because we'd be in trouble. No. Yeah, I would say after about after about uh, thirty seconds, we'd have about fifty nine minutes and thirty seconds to uh, maybe maybe have the janitor come on stage. Hey, what are you what are you doing over there? <laughs> he's doing stand up, but he's also just cleaning up the stage from your shitty act. <laughs> okay, now Peyton, with that joke, now we've done. We got now. We only got uh, fifty nine minutes to. to, to um, yeah, I can't do a full hour set. I don't know how well this is gonna go. That's why I do the sports talk inside. Well, well, oh, I thought that was his set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, joke geez. about the sports and my knowledge. Well, mm. well, we do have a great guest today on uh, on the show with us today, and uh, I, I can't is wait to have him on because. He is a Lions fan, and you know, um, guys, yeah. what did what were your takes before we have him on? Come on, I, I called it. I mean, I said it last week. I was like, the Lions, if they lose, like I wanted Detroit to win. I was like, if they lose, it Dan Campbell's gonna do some dumb shit, and like he did. You know, he he believes it, but it's the dumbest shit possible. I the the one when they were up fourteen and they went for it. I'm just like, what the fuck? You go up three scores. You go up three scores. Like, but Dan Campbell, he just, you know, wants to bite kneecaps off and be hilarious. I think Dan Campbell's an awesome coach. I do. But if I was a Lions fan, I would be so upset because, like, the fuck you doing, man? Let's not overthink this. But, and, you know, when you look at these coaches, we do the same thing with Stefanski. The Chargers had it with Brandon Allen. And you're going to go for it in, like, stupid situations and it works. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, dude. Cool. We're going to score a touchdown. When it doesn't work, it looks so stupid. Yeah. Well, like I said, our guest Scott uh, Morgan Ralph is going to be on, and he can uh, tell CJ he's either right or wrong, or how the uh, they're feeling uh, with in Lions. Oh, he's right. I mean, I don't need somebody to tell me I'm right. I mean, uh, if we were, <laughs> never stopped you before, before, CJ. Like, you never you know stopped. I mean? you if the Browns were in that situation, and we went forward up fourteen, and they drive down and score, and then we fumble, I said, like, "What the fuck? You kicked the field goal." 
Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just common sense. Anybody that's a sports fan. Yeah. Was, if you're I'm, like unbiased watching that game, like you probably pissed. Peyton, I your think story of the NFC this whole entire year, like especially the playoff wise. I mean, the art of the field goal is literally what lived and cost teams games. I mean, look at Green Bay, missed field goal, cost yeah. them the game. San Francisco could have had the same thing happen, almost cost them the game. Jake Moody in the first half missed a field goal, huge difference maker too. Going for that field goal instead of going for it on fourth down, like CJ said. I mean, he's spot on. I mean. And I think that's kind of the benefit, too, is us being unbiased and not having any horse in this race right now. Yeah. The fact that we're able to see the NFC, I mean, yeah, you have young kickers, but you still, the Browns knew it best with Cade York. You need a good field goal kicker. Yeah. Look at Evan McPherson with the Bengals. You need a good field goal kicker because that helped them win games that year when you needed them. And I mean, to Scott, too, being on later on, I want to just get this out of the way right yeah. now. Yeah. I feel like I have to apologize to him because that first half, I'm getting ready to end up finding people for the Super Bowl, or if we want to end up being extremely professional, the big game. Um, the big game. For, we're Huge. going to the game then. Huge. Massive game. So big. So big. You know, I, yeah. You know, I was watching the game and, like, you know, somebody asked me if I wanted to get Indian food at halftime. And <laughs> I, I, don't, the I, I don't know. And, you know, I thought no. the Lions had it in the bag, but, like, part of me was, like, Dan Campbell's going to – like, I knew it was coming, Peyton. Yeah. You know? I think you, like – I think you just had, like, me personally. I mean, I sent it in the group chat. We were talking. I ended up having to say, I'm like, you think the Niners come back? And yeah. I think – And I meant at that time, that's when I got asked if somebody asked me if I wanted Indian food. And I was like, no. You know, are you willing to take a, a polygraph test on that one, CJ? I will. If you believe it, it's not a lie. We're not. We, we might have to use the company card for that one. I don't yeah, know how no, expensive no. that polygraph well, Casey's is. Paying, I think Casey's paying for it this time. Yeah, Casey has company oh, card. Okay. I just, yeah, you know, going into half, like, that game was over. You know, it's like book the Detroit, you know. Brock Purdy looks like a fucking pumpkin again. And, you know, this and is why we had the conversations he, that we have about Brock Purdy. Because like shit like that, he this whole postseason he hasn't played a clean half of football. Like, he but the thing is too is we talked about Brock Purdy a couple weeks ago last week when I was on the show. Yeah, I listened to Joe when I'm not yeah, on the show. Still end up keeping yeah. along with it, and I was having the conversation with people at work too. One of my buddies, Brandon from work. Shout out to yeah, him. Shout out, Brandon. Shout out, shout out, Brandon from work. But we were talking about Brock Purdy and that question of is he elite? And if you look at the stats, like. He's Obviously, the team around him he's helps. No, he's not. He's Passing not yards, though, he's in the top. No, he's very good. He's very good. Listen, he's a very good quarterback. Elite quarterbacks don't fumble. Listen, I think, like, elite, like, I think there's, like, I'm trying to think of it. I, there's probably three elite quarterbacks in the NFL, I'd say, like, comfortably. Four, if you count Rodgers. I don't know what Rodgers going to be, like, post-Achilles. But I honestly think the only – I think it's Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Like, cause you remember, like, we were younger. Like, you know, Tom Brady got the ball back with a minute 50 down. Yeah. You know Tom Brady's going to go get you. Like, you know, and you had that – you know, like, that's when you know a guy's like, – I don't even call Lamar Lee anymore. Dude's got going to have two MVPs, but, dude, that looked like fucking – I mean, the whole what what is what does that look like? Uh, what is it? Just like, I, like dog shit, you know? He looked like he couldn't throw the football. Yeah, like, he you know, could throw it to himself though really well. Yeah. That, I mean, was, no, that was Lamarvelous. That, that was ten. Yeah, that very Lamarvelous. But I, and I think the feeling I had though too of that Lions game and 49ers, that AFC Championship game, 
it was good, but like as a football fan, that game was so boring. I it left me wanting more, and I think, and, uh, and I'm not saying there's I no didn't want anymore. there's I no proof it behind stop. it. Sports are fixed, but the NFC Championship game needed to be spiced up a little bit more, I think, mm-hmm. and that's why I had that feeling. That I thought the Niners NFC game back. was good. I just mm-hmm. kept thinking, like you know. Dan Campbell's about to do some fuck shit and fuck this up for everybody. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> like, he's just going to do some dumb – and I told Ed, like, we're – Yeah, he did. And I was like, I think the Lions are going to win, but if they lose, Dan Campbell's going to do some oh. dumb shit, and sure enough, Well, well, speaking of that, let's just bring on the uh, yeah, Motor City Lions, Madmouth yeah. himself. Motor City Madmouth himself. Morgan Roth. Really? Welcome to the show, my guy. I got one question oh, for my you. God, what a is, is Lions Nation – do they have the Honolulu Blues today? Absolutely not. Oh. Ooh. Okay. I don't know what the Honolulu Blues is. Well, that's the color of the Detroit Lions. It's Honolulu Blue, if you're a Lions. Oh, oh. I know it all too well after 61 years. Okay. All right. Well, okay, Scott. And so by the tell- way, a little trivia. The last time the Detroit Lions won an NFL championship – was on December 29th, 1957, my birthday five years before I was born. Yeah, I, as a Browns fan, as a Browns fan, us and Lions fans, we share the similar fate. We had glory days in the 50s, and 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 when it's kind of been downhill since then. Well, at some point, the fortunes are going to change without a doubt, and I have no doubt about it. Well, maybe they change today because I want to get into it. Your offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, decides he wants to return to the Motor City and, and told the commanders and the Seahawks, thanks, but no thanks. I don't think there's enough money for me to take my services to your programs and turn them around. So what are you feeling about that? you got to feel good about that at least. No question about it. That means that, you know what, the guy – Ben Johnson's a very loyal, loyal coach, and to Campbell, there's no reason to take a job that, to me, is a bad job because you know you may not get a second. So you be selective of the opportunities you get. Go on your terms. Continue to build what you're doing with the Lions and Jared Goff, and uh, the job you want will be there as long as you're producing in the NFL. Okay, and you're a good coach, you're going to ultimately land one. You just simply won't. Absolutely. Um, and I think that Ben Johnson's, without a doubt, one of the brightest offensive minds in the league. And, you know, you just have to go when it feels right. You gotta, you know, you ever heard of just being happy? If you're happy somewhere, then you just stay there. Yeah. Well, I agree because a lot of these times these assistant coaches, you know, maybe maybe they're thinking they may not get another opportunity. But, you know, you say you go to Washington. I mean, realistically, you're going to have a job two, three years and be fired anyways. Well, he's going to be fine. I, I'm going to yeah. tell you guys that. He will be fine. You don't worry about getting another opportunity. What's wrong with being paid a lot of money as an offensive or defensive coordinator until that opportunity comes along? There's nothing wrong with it. Say, listen, we're not talking about Latrell Sprewell, okay, where you can't feed your damn family. You can't do that. Forget. I, we all know about the choking part. But I'm saying, <laughs> you know, here's a guy who went bankrupt because he said he couldn't feed his family at Minnesota Timberwolves money. We're not dealing with that with these guys. They can feed their family. In fact, on my show later on tonight, inside the pigskin, I have former Detroit Lions special teams coach John Bonamago as a regular guest on the program. So Mm. maybe one of these days I'll bring all guys on there and talk to Coach Bono. He's my best kept secret out there, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, but, but with all due respect, you don't take a job prematurely. That's considered career suicide yeah. it is so when you're asking me today ed okay am i feeling non-lulu blues uh no because of ben johnson 
Wow. Well, the only thing I, I guess I want to bring back to Latrell and the, the 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 choking incident. So what um what what it was about the game on Sunday? Do you feel do you feel like the 49ers came back and won it? Do you feel like it was a, a little bit of a choke job by the Lions, or just one of those games where you know in, in the cosmos it just wasn't their time? What, what would you attribute it to? Because to me, look, I remember the Browns against Pittsburgh in 2002 in a playoff game, same right. score, 24 to seven, and they lost, and, and Pittsburgh came back. So I mean, there were so many events. That, that that had to happen for this, you know, for them to blow a 17 point lead. And it, it's just, it's heartbreaking, especially for a Lions fan and as a Browns fan watching it. So what are your takes on that? It doesn't take a lot for momentum to swing in a football game. Remember, we're talking 60 minutes here, okay? We're not, we're not talking 60 minutes regular time. We're talking 60 minutes spread over two to three hours. Remember that, okay? So, you know, did Dan Campbell make a couple decisions where a field goal would have been a better move? No doubt about it. I always feel if you have a chance to go for points in the playoffs, you do it. Yeah. But the guy coached this way all year. What made you think that he wasn't going to do it again? Oh, I so, knew he was going for it. I knew he was going right. for it. <laughs> See, I, I created a little song here, and I don't expect – you guys or anybody to offer me a singer's job. Okay. But y'all want, here's a, a little two sentences. Let's see if you can handle it. You got to know, and it's after Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Okay. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to kick a field goal and you got to know when to walk away. <laughs> I think we're going to make that a hit. I think we're going to revive that and we're going to make that into a hit. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, here's the money making the endeavor for all five of us. I came up with it. You guys promote it. We'll take a little bit of that cabbage and we'll be able to do our own five yeah, show in Hawaii. How about that? You know, there you go. We'll, we'll go out there we'll, and we'll, if Maui thought that they had some bad weather before, wait till we have an earthquake oh. creation here. <laughs> Sounds good. Or earthquake, volcanoes. Is that what they have out in those parts? I like I them think up. something like, yeah. 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 So they have those uh, those skirts though too out in Hawaii. I know that much. The grass skirts. The That's luau. What have a luau. Have a big luau well, out there for a Lions Browns Super Bowl someday. How about that? Well, my wife is in the other room, Peyton, so it's okay to say that. Now it's no big okay. deal. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about uh, what do they call those witchamajiggers? Uh, those things that they what are they uh, that these uh, Hawaiian women? I don't even know what those dresses yeah. are. But you got to know what I'm talking about, right? And shout out to uh, Mrs. Madmouth out there if you're in the other room. Shout out to you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's glad I'm in here. She says, you know, you got to burn some of that energy so I can get mm. you to sleep. See, the one, you know what sleep has in common with me and a Rolls Royce? Okay, I'm going to hit. I told you I was going to bombard you. Peyton with a ton of one-liners. Am I right? Am I clear? Yeah, right? I love so, it. Take it. Oh, oh, come on, man. I expect to come on here. As often as you guys want me, and we'll light this damn thing up. I don't even care. I'm going nuts. That's why I got that. Oh, this is that's what happens from 61 year old here, the fountain of youth, or whatever. But you know what? Here's what sleep is to me, okay, compared to everybody else. We, I know we'll get Cadillac and Rolls Royce to sponsors one of these days, so we'll all be sitting pretty. But sleep to me is like those vehicles, it is a luxury, <laughs> a luxury. Scott, I feel like you're the type of guy, too, that ends up getting maybe like four to five hours of sleep a night, too, if at all. Well, you, you know what? You are a very nice person, Peyton. You really are. How about a couple? Whoa, whoa. You know, and, and, and the way I look at it is my ex-wife coined the phrase, my wheels are turning. You better believe they're always turning. And I was actually driving today back and forth to the doctor. I finally felt good enough to drive. 
And my wife's been driving a lot lately because, you know, I got to be careful with some of their most recent medical conditions. But I had to swagger today. So I took, you know, here's what my version of an interstate is, okay? I'm the Dale Earnhardt of the interstate. I'm the interstate intimidator here. But I am. You get by me, boom, I'll blow you right now with this close. I don't care. But I'm king of the road. I don't have the hat on, but I have it somewhere. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, See, so you guys getting more than you bargained for here? Come on, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm about right? to pull in the pit stop. I think I don't think I have enough to compete with you. I'm gonna have to just go to pit row right here. <laughs> if you get in a pit row and I'm behind you, I'm gonna send you to the other end of the pit road. <laughs> where it actually becomes the pits. Speaking of pits too, Scott, I do want to end up bringing it up too. We were talking beforehand, and I mean out of all of us here, I'm the Steelers fan. You were telling me you had the luxury to cover the Steelers versus Cardinals Super Bowl game yeah. way back when, and I think that was 2008. What was that like? Before we end up diving in more into the Lions talk, I just want to know what that was like. I mean, everybody remembers the memorable moment. Steelers fan, football fan, Santonio Holmes in the end right. zone, the toe drag. The Buckeye, Santonio like? Holmes, the Buckeye. Right. You know, you got to remember one thing. I gave up my fanhood when I started in this business back in 1979. I'm taught to remain objective is what I'm supposed to do. So for me, I just go out there, soak it in, do what I've got to do, have my computer there, and continue to take a lot of notes to do what I have to do. So I look at it as business, okay? Yeah, you always want to go to a Super Bowl because you're part of an environment where great moments are something you remember for an entire lifetime. Was, you know, I had vested interest. I mean, I like the Arizona Cardinals, too, because I lived in the Phoenix area two and a half years. But, you know, Pittsburgh, I, I had some great memorable games while covering the Lions and the Steelers. And it was it was neat. I got to tell you a funny Pittsburgh story, if you guys don't mind. OK, yeah, feel free. Yeah, I think, I think this was really pretty good stuff here. So here's the deal. All right. Number one, one of my best friends, uh, the late Joe Falls, I, I used to like to pull tricks on him, you know, and, and Joe and I, I was really true to my own form doing this. I, you talk about a poker face. I had it that day over at Three Rivers. So I told Joe, and you know, I ended up, I used to see him a lot of games. You know, Joe, I'm giving him the most straight face poker face you will ever get. Okay. I mean, geez. You know, so I said, you know, Joe, I have a real weird feeling. Just kind of know why my, I have great sources. You, you know, gotta go to Hollywood. You gotta go to Hollywood and do it the right way, right? So I have a feeling that the my sources tell me that the Atlanta Falcons are going to go out there and draft Elvis Gerback, former Michigan quarterback. So now a veteran columnist like him, now he's digging into me. Boy, he's falling into my trap good. Joe, if I tell you this, you can't let nobody else know. You really can't. This is just a friendship thing between me. Oh, Scotty, I promise I won't do that. Well, here's the deal. Jerry Glanville could not leave any tickets for Elvis Presley in Memphis when they went out there and played a preseason game. He left them at Wool Call. So here's what's going to happen. He's going to draft Elvis Gerback, and he's going to have an Elvis in, in the building, and it won't be Presley. <laughs> so looked at me like, you know what, that was great and classic. You really had me going. Come on, Joe. I mean, you know, we're in the bit. We're, you know, when we're in the media, we're creative. You know, anything that you write that you can hear, you gotta come up. And he said, I, he gave me a hug, pat me on the back. He was a guy that I always went out there and turned to for a father. He was like a father figure and a mentor to me in the business. He loved it. I mean, he just 
you know, and then when I had a situation where I was going through my first divorce, you know, I've only been married twice. First one, I'm at Comerica Park. He says, I'm done feeling right about it. Yeah, I'm going through a tough time personally. What's wrong? Going through a divorce. Scotty, now I'm a father here to you. Okay. Don't worry about it. I was married the first time. It didn't work out. Second time it worked out really good. You're going to be fine. I know the kind of a person that you are. As long as you learn from your first mistake, okay, then what will end up happening is you'll go out there and learn again. And I've been happily met with this one girl, Candy, for a while. I mean, I'm so often happily. Uh, she puts up with me, man. <laughs> you didn't want to say she puts up with me. That woman deserves a gold medal from nine million times heavier than the normal one would run. But, you know, I, I, I love Pittsburgh. I really do. Uh, you know, they're Midwestern people like we are in, to a certain extent. They're only four yeah. hours away from Metro Detroit. Three Rivers Stadium. Now, I know they built a couple of stadiums and demolished that place. But uh, but I deal with a lot of Mid Pittsburgh people. But it was great to see the Steelers win. And I'll tell you why it was great to see the Steelers win. Because of the tradition that they have there. They had an African-American coach that won. So certainly the more opportunities that African-Americans get, the better opportunity they'll get jobs because they're not stupid people. And, just, and and that's one of the best franchises on the planet because they don't change coaches every two seconds. So who would not want to go to a Super Bowl and watch, okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers win? You know, you're part of history when that franchise wins, right? Now, if you're in Cleveland. And yeah, you I'm a Browns fan, so I don't really want to watch that. Then. It's a different story, but right. there's there. But to me, there's perception and there's reality. And I have the utmost respect for Cleveland fans too. I'll tell you a couple of stories about it. Number one, I went to a game at the old Municipal Stadium. I was just sitting in the stands one day, and I saw Dave Steve nearly throw a perfect game. But you know what? Uh, yeah, through Blue Jays. I remember that game. I do. Yeah, I was there. Yep. So, you know what stopped that from happening? A rock at second base where the ball took a hop and went right into right field, and that was the end of his perfect game. I yep. was there. I, I, I bought tickets to go. I was just hanging around. I had nothing to do that weekend. I was at that game. But when I covered Browns games, those people were great. And I also saw the Pistons play the Cavaliers at the old Richfield Coliseum. And I used to go ahead and hang out uh, at Whitey's right nearby. And I ended up eating dinner with two of the Pistons assistant coaches, Brendan Sir and Brendan Malone. Brendan so got, Malone, yeah. 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 So, so I got, the story I have here is Brendan Malone sees me parking in the parking lot, and they see me pulling into a corner spot. And Brendan says to me, Scotty, when you pulled in this parking lot, you, you eyeballed that spot, and we're going to get in there. So I told him, here's the deal, Brendan. Okay, Coach Malone, whatever. He, he always said, call me Brendan because I had that kind of working relationship with the guy. So I went there because here's a, here's a little lesson about parking your cars. And now Malone and Sir are both listening to me. If you park on the corner, that means one side can't get hit and the other one will. And they, I guarantee you they never went ahead and parked anywhere they could in between them <laughs> for getting thrown one time. So, you know, it's, when you're in the media, it's about building relationships. But I enjoy. I mean, it's too bad that stadium, but it was so far out in the book. Uh, yeah, out it was. Suburbs that yeah. it was obviously very difficult to be able to sustain the attendance. Because as I remember, well, it, it never built up out there, there too. They, they, it never, it never ever got. You know, I'm saying that the restaurants and hotels and stuff that were promised and stuff, and it, it's just never built out up there. That's why they brought it back downtown. Yeah, 
that's okay. Doesn't matter. I got to see a game there. I haven't been to the new stadiums there. I went to Municipal Stadium, and I went to that one. That's okay. I still have a good history in both those towns. That's why I feel so comfortable with you guys on this show. For God, I love it. We try to be normal Midwesterners. We think we're pretty normal. We sometimes yeah, we do. Now, if yeah, you want to go down, you, you know what I call New Yorkers down here in South Florida? Call them from Madhattan. M-A-D-H-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-
attention to the passing game. You need a good defensive coordinator who's seen everything on the planet to begin with, right, to offset that. And offensively, you got everybody running around like a bunch of gazelles going out there and passing the football. So it depends on what you can do. So I just want to make sure that we cover those things before we get to my book. Any questions or comments about what I've mentioned so far? Yeah, hey, Scott. Um, What's that? Every time I, I feel like I've watched the Lions, I feel like Aaron Glenn. He catches a lot of flack. How are you feeling about Aaron Glenn? Ooh. Aaron Glenn right now is a head coach ready to happen. When Ben Johnson made the decision, he didn't want those jobs, uh, either the Seattle or the Washington, they're, they're still looking to interview Aaron Glenn. I can tell you right now, Aaron Glenn will be a head coach in the NFL, if not this year, within the next two years. I do believe that. So, you know, I mean, the, the defense has come a long way. They're drafting good on the defensive side of the ball. And look where they are. They were about 30 minutes away from making it to the Super Bowl. So, you know, they'll be fine. Uh, you know, they've come a long way in a short period of time. Just you, you, you guys just watch the next year or two, okay? Aaron Glenn will be calling the sidelines. You have a lot of good coaches. This year has been a good cycle for African-American coaches right now. Yeah, what, Raheem Morris was brought in there? And who are the other two? I know we uh, – The guy in Vegas took the full-time Yeah, Antonio Pierce got that full-time job. I think Wilkes got some Patriots. interviews as well, too. What's that? I think Wilkes got a couple interviews as well, too. Yeah, oh, the in San Fran. Yeah, well, it's hard to get her interviews when you make it to the final, but yeah, I think yeah. he, uh, Wilkes is inevitable. I'm disappointed Eric the enemy hasn't gotten he did a good job of Carolina job. Yeah, yeah, so it'll be interesting. All right, you want to hear about my book or you have a question? Yeah, go ahead, just plug, plug your oh, book. You brought it out, talk Let, about lesson it from the microphone, folks. 44 years in this business. Okay, I don't know where my name's. There we go. There you okay, go. I'm trying to be uh, left handed here to put this thing up there. Been in the business 44 years, guys. Okay, there aren't too many things I have in there that I, I I'm going to write a second part to the whole thing too, because I had to leave a bunch of stories out of it. Is what I ended up doing. But when you put together a book, you have to make sure the pieces of the puzzle fit. Now I have a picture of Muhammad Ali in it with myself and I, Chuck Wetmer, the real Rocky. You know, I don't. I'm not a. That was in Cleveland when they fought the Richfield. That was in Cleveland. Yeah, I ended up in. I had the good fortune of interviewing Chuck Wepner down here in Fort, La Fort Lauderdale, and it was great. I took some pictures with him. You'll see those in there if you go get it. And you know, for guys like you that are relatively new in the business, I imagine this is something that would be a good pickup for you guys. It's available on Amazon and Kindle. And you know, my goal is to get pointers. Not that I pretend to know it all. I never will because every time I think I know something, something else comes along. We just keep adding it to the repertoire and all that. But, you know, it's something good for anybody that wants to understand the media as well as get into it and all the different things that you run across. So some sports guys became news guys because they felt the opportunities in sports were drying up. Have you guys ever heard of a guy by the name of Frank Reynolds? Sounds familiar. Sounds Sunny? familiar. Why do I know that? I, 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 Danny, I know. It's the Danny DeVito character's name, and it's always sunny. Oh. Well, well, I know that. Well, well, now, who's Frank Reynolds? Tell us about Frank Reynolds. Okay, Frank Reynolds. I know that. Uh, well, I know back in 1981 during the Reagan assassination attempt was the lead man in ABC's cover. Okay, that's okay. That makes sense. That's why you've heard of him. That's why I've heard of him. Uh, but anyways, he went out there and blew a gasket on the air. I mean, if you go out there, go to YouTube and Google Frank Reynolds, you'll hear what I'm talking about. I mentioned him as... One of the guys that I respect so much. In fact, when I went to Arlington Cemetery, I visited, visited his grave. He says, don't, you know, I'm just paraphrasing the quote right now. You know, I don't, let's not get it first. Let's get it right. Hmm. 
And if you're a journalist, that's what your mindset should be. Don't get it first, get it right. And he really blew a gasket to let people know about the whole thing is what he did. And, you know, there's a lot of different stories about people I've met, and I haven't met, that when you put all that information together and you put it in your mind, there's no doubt that you're going to become a much smarter journalist, okay, because you've taken a lot of principles and you've shadowed other people, you know what I'm saying? And the more you shadow people, the better you guys get. And you guys, to me, I'm having so much fun on here, and I knew I would. But you guys pay attention and you listen and you're excited and you have energy. God, there's no way you can have a podcast at all without doing the things that I talked about that we're doing here. You know, none of you guys have seen me in person and you're letting me go off like Mount Motormouth here. But you got hey. it right out loud. Well, I got a I got a question for you, uh, Scott. So um, you talked about in all your 44 years of interviewing mm-hmm. people. Has there ever been somebody who I guess I'll, I'll phrase it like this? Of all the people that you've interviewed, you've had a, a perception of somebody. And then when you actually interviewed him, you're like, wow, so different than what I thought. Is there somebody that comes to mind? Like, you know, you had this preconceived notion of them. And then when you interviewed him, I'm like, wow, this this guy, this cat's a lot different than I thought. He's, you know, or or or, or somebody maybe that, that was the same or something. But is there an instance of that? Well, I mean, you know, when you interview as many people as I have. Well, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking the expert right now. (laughs) Here's the one thing I did do that was a bold move, though, that most people wouldn't have done. But I, being a young journalist who never really gave a damn because I did doing a job to get get through college, I ran across a situation with Rich Goose Gossage. And I was warned, okay, by a friend of mine in the Miami area. He doesn't talk to a lot of people. So I went in there to take a gamble anyways to try to do it. And Goose was giving me these one, two, three word answers. Listen, Goose, turn the tape recorder off. Said, here, here's what we're going to do. Okay, Number one, okay, if you don't go ahead and give me a little more than what you're giving me, which isn't a whole lot, I'll go out there and I'll put words in your mouth is what I'll do to make this thing a lot better so I can at least be able to tell them. And say, I don't want to do it, okay? And please don't, but I'm telling you, you know, I get paid to do my job and you're preventing me from doing it. <laughs> and then when he understood that I was in a very sincere mode, we did it, the interview over and it was much better. And I promise I won't do anything to say anything that will sensationalize anything and break your trust. But thanks for allowing me to do my job is what I told him. Shook hands. I understand. Thank you very much. So you have a lot of athletes. So I had to take an approach. And I normally don't do that, but there was a situation where I was in a high-profile situation trying to get this guy and just trying to do what I have to do. Now, was I upset that, he, that Kurt Gibson hit the game-winning home run off him against San Diego? Uh, no, that came after before I did my job, so I really don't particularly care any more than people would say, hey, I hate O.J. Simpson, okay, because he did this and that. But uh, Then I interviewed him in the early 80s when Howard Cosell turned me down for an interview. I thought, oh, hell with that two-page screwball anyways. OJ was a lot better, and I had a great time. And he, and he said, you did a really good job. I only asked the same question five times, and OJ Simpson gave me five different answers, so it was good. So I knew that I had a guy out there that was kind of, he did a good job. Really nice of me on. Thanks, OJ. I appreciate the confidence and that. It's nice to hear it from you. So, you know, these are the kind of things that when you come across the individual in the field, you have to pay attention and listen a lot about what's around you. And then you have to go out there and make instantaneous decisions is what you really have to go out and do. Some calls are a little bit more difficult than others, but it doesn't matter. You know, nobody can be an armchair quarterback in our business. 
I'm glad I'm not the tail end of my end the business six, uh, being in it 44 years because the PR and the communications people have changed so significantly that I'm glad I had to deal with the old guys that I can get along with that trusted me that knew what I can do instead of all these new age communication people that don't know how to return an email that don't know how to go out there and return a phone call or text message. And those are the challenges that are, are existent now. And, you know, there's so many different ways of social media. It's like, you know, so now my goal in 2024 is look for hidden gems and be a real hard-nosed content creator to be different. And the key that everybody has to do in our industry, if you're going to have any sustainability, be different, but, but be true to who you are. Well, we, we have to be true to who we are. Scott, I have to ask you this. Sure. Did OJ do it? <laughs> OJ did it? Well, I'll tell you what. I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> Here, here's my straight answer. He was given a non-guilty verdict. And right now, until somebody tells me that he's guilty, I don't care about the civil court because that was a money yeah, grab right, anyways. Like, you know, I'm going to say no because he was convicted of no wrongdoing. Okay. But. But. In Las Vegas, okay, whatever, wherever he was shortchanged in L.A. Yeah, they gave him the book, yeah. incident. They yeah. think he did it, and he served some time anyways, and the Goldmans were probably thrilled that he got nailed there anyway. So, Well, I just always thought, well, here's the thing. He always said he was going to be looking for the real killers. It's hard to find the real killers unless they were uppity up because he's always on a golf course. So unless you think the real killers are on a golf course, OJ, you're probably not going to find them. That's my take. Remember one thing, Ed, okay? Yeah. He, you know what he has in common with all of us? He puts his pants on the one leg at a time. No. Oh, his gloves don't fit. Take it. Uh, uh, what you say, CJ? His gloves don't fit because I got that <laughs> issue too. No, no, it's not the answer. What about you, Peyton? Uh, I mean, I'm blanking. I mean, uh, I could end up going multiple routes. My head's spinning anywhere. I mean, I don't think he did it. That's yeah, about all I, I knew. You, I knew you guys were going to get this answer. He's an entertainer. Oh well, oh, hey, there you go. I. That's why I mentioned he's an entertainer. Yeah. Well. Scott, who's you for? Who's been like your favorite interviewer? Somebody that like you come back to? Who's like a guy you got stories about? Like you, all right, keep coming back to this guy. But this is my favorite guy. This is my yeah, guy. This is one of my favorite guys. Like well, I'm always gonna be partial. I'll always be partial toward Tom Lasorda because he was the first major interview I ever had. Nice. But I love Muhammad Ali and a lot of the bigger names. But Tommy Lasorda was number one because the first guy I had. And then I love Muhammad Ali because. You know, if anybody buys my book, they're going to see a picture there with him with my, a fist by my job being a 19-year-old pup. Oh, and that's, that's pretty cool. And even though he had Parkinson's disease, I'm a always firm believer that if somebody's got Parkinson's syndrome or any of that stuff, if a picture is worth a thousand words, it's good. But even if you don't have that many words left, it is not a flaw. So you can't, a picture don't lie. You know, when you talk, that was a story. It was a hard interview because you couldn't understand him because he took a beating and it, and it led to the ultimate head injury. So yeah. right. I mean, favorite, I, I'll right now say Tom Lasorda because I had multiple interviews with him. And he was always positive, taught me a lot, and gave me confidence. And then I'll go ahead with Muhammad Ali because I spent a week with him. But, you know, I'll tell you what, those individuals want to get my book. I have a lot of great interviews listed, about top 100 of them. And there'll be an awful lot of good ones that people can choose and all that. So I had the opportunity recently. I made good friends with Don Mattingly when he was at the Marlins. And... We're in touch every once in a while. 
I love Don Manningly. He's one of the nicest people I've ever dealt with. So there's a there's an awful lot in there. There just is. And not I'm obviously promoting the book unless it's on a microphone. Yeah. To me, I wrote it in five months. Well, actually four, but I had to take a month off because of health and the the guy that was originally gonna do it decided not to, so I had to hire a book coach to get me down to the end of the line to do the editing, the miscellaneous. So I still got forty-four years done within a matter of four months of actual work on it to turn it into a 206 page book is what it is. Wow. Well, I was, mo I was molded. You think I was, I'm crazy on the interstate everywhere else. Wait till I, uh -oh. I'm probably, uh, the, you know, many years ago, and I know you guys are getting, uh, enjoying this. I won a trophy in bowling, not because I was talented, but most unusual form. Most unusual form. And I mean, the unusual. Man, I gotta hear how he throws. How do you yeah, throw? I wanna, yeah. How would oh, you I go up there? And, Are you I a two-handed bowler? Oh, I go right up there and then whip the damn thing across there, and boom! Now, here's a good sports story <laughs> that you guys should be able to relate to with it. Dennis Rodman and I were good friends during the Bad Boys era because I covered them. So I bump into Dennis Rodman, okay, at the bowling alley in West Bloomfield, okay, and he sees my form because I always said, man. What kind of a form you got there? It's as good as your free throw shooting. It probably isn't any good anyways. So he looks at me. We were friends, though. Yeah, he knew it was a lighthearted joke. So I'll tell you what, Dennis, you know, let's make a bet here, okay? Why don't we go ahead and play two games, and I'll, I have no problem paying the bill for both of us if I end up losing. He was willing to do it. So, you know, he beat me pretty good first game. No problem. Of course, that was true to my most unusual form, okay? So I said, you know, next game, winner take off. Okay. Guy gets a ton of splits, and I had a heck of a game, and he had to pay for the bill. <laughs> and then we laughed so hard all the time, but we were good friends. You always have certain guys you lean on. Now, I'll tell you another part of Desert Throbble, which few people don't understand, and that's this, okay? I'm over at the Boston Garden. Bill Ambeer and I didn't like each other. Nope. We didn't. I mean, Bill, every time he wanted to get in the way and be a jerk, that's probably why he never got a head coaching job, because he angered so many people and burned a lot of bridges. So I'm over at the Boston Garden. At this point, I torn the, my ankle ligaments is what I did because I took uh, over a Magic Mountain on Christmas Day the same day Billy Martin died in an auto accident. That's all I can figure out, how I broke this thing and messed it up. If the doctors at the hospitals want to know when to do it, I'll go to Google. I'll tell them that. December 25th, 1989. So I'm over at the Boston Garden, okay? And Bill Lambeer's comments attitude. So you know what I did? Because Dennis and I were right next to each other at the Boston Garden. Hey, Bill, just because you got enough money to pay your damn car payment doesn't mean I got enough to pay mine. That's why I'm out here interviewing here in these locker rooms. So Dennis Robbie goes up and says, Bill, get the hell out of here. Let the guy do a job. And you know what, Dennis, give me a big up. Okay, let me ready to start. Boom, just like that. Good stuff, man. You know, so, and, and that's when we knew that when you, the one thing I'm telling you guys is young reporters and writers and media guys, it's about building relationships with the players is what you always try to do. Because if you do that and you're very sincere to who you are, they're going to cooperate. They will. Mm. If, if you come across as some of these sarcastic writers out there, they're looking for the negative to grow. You know what? You don't last that long in this business if you become antagonistic mm. against certain people. You got to be fair both ways. You know, you take the good and the bad. And I think nowadays everybody's too busy with the editor. I want you to sensationalize, dig as hard as you can. Well, you, you do the best you can, but not to a point where you're antagonistic and you're mm -hmm. alienating people. Those are two rules that you just don't want to do. And that's what I've learned over the years. And uh, I'll, I'll draw back to the book about a lot of different things. 
But here's another interesting story here about sometimes luck and fate has to be on your side. Back in 1987, okay, I decided to buy a ticket for myself over to the Lions and the Minnesota Twins in the American League Championship Series. Well, I'm out there with some money in my pocket, and one guy took my money and never gave me a ticket. Great. I get burned out here on the streets. So I ended up, luckily, I knew some people that were going, you know, people I had worked with. I call them like my Uncle Gene, okay? And Diane is his wife, just two of the nice people I'll ever meet. Uncle Gene, I got a little bit of a problem. I tried to buy a ticket, somebody took my money. Oh, I pulled out like 40 bucks or whatever the heck it is. There you go. The 40, 50, I don't remember the amount, but it, but it, and that's the story in the book, by the way. Hmm. So I go up to another guy, bought a ticket. You know, you never know where it's at. You know who I sat next to during the entire game? Minnesota Twins owner Calvin Griffith. And we were, and I were talking baseball the whole damn time. And you know what? I we had such a good time when the Twins beat the Tigers. The twin, yeah, the Twins won that series, obviously. No, actually, Minnesota won that series. Yeah. And they went to the World Series to beat the Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. So I'm sitting there as the Twins owner. I remember the whole conversation that we had word for word because I don't know. Back then, my memory was, was is a lot better. It's not bad now, but it's way better back then. So I wrote a story. My editor sent it to Minnesota. And Mr. Griffith thanked me very much for doing that. And so anytime you're in here, look me up. I'll be more than happy to spend time. Well, how good of a seat did you get to be next to the Twins owner? You know what? It was a seat probably, I think, by the first base side, like 15, 20 row. Okay. Remember one thing. When you got these scalpers, they don't know where the heck these stupid seats are. <laughs> They're just getting rid of a damn ticket. And I just happened to get lucky in that particular situation. And it became a story that you never know where the story is going to be, but you better you don't have a tape recorder. But you have a mind for what people are saying, and you're trying to use positive, good intentions. You think I remember? No, but I made sure it was paraphrased in a way that was as close to what he was saying. And he didn't refute it at all. He never said no. I didn't say no. He read the article, and it was fair. So it it, kind of worked out really well. And Scott, I mean, I I know you know this ahead of time, but just to teach all future writers and anything else whatsoever, I mean. The definition of media, when you end up interviewing a player, I mean, the the art of the make good, I guess, is a great thing to end up bringing up just for anybody that's looking to be an aspiring media personality, mm-hmm. whether or not that's writing, on air, whatever it may be. Could you end up giving more stories or at least explaining a little bit more in depth more so than I can, just with all your experience on the fact of the make good and what that really is, just because sometimes in the moment you might say something that you don't really mean and you misword it and usually you have that ability to go back but in the moment a lot of people think that that's that's it there's no way you could end up fixing that content that phrasing that wording could you end up explaining that a little bit more for anybody that's an inspiring media personality yeah i sure i sure can the one thing i always tell people whether you're going on the air first or not you need to be a good writer to understand the language first some of your best people that are doing on-air job became sports writers first and then once you get a grasp on the english language okay then you are able to think before you ask a question especially if you have a one-on-one interview or you come pre-prepared you write your questions down if you have to do that so for example i had an opportunity to talk to larry bird many years ago when he was coach of the indiana pacers and i waited for the beat writers to do what they were going to do i didn't have camera phones back then take all these people. didn't matter but i got the stories which are 10 times better than what those folks turned out so what i did wait everybody take their time 
say what they're going to say. And then when it was done, say, Coach Bird, can I ask you a question not related to the basketball game? Everybody's gone. I didn't even record the answer. I'm just curious to get some advice. What I know you weren't one of the better athletes out there, okay? And I, I was very, very polite about it. But what made you better than a lot of the players that were out there? Well, it's such a question. Fair. Scott, you know what I did? I outthought everybody on the air. And I could, if you can outthink them, then you're going to beat them. Because it's all up in your head. But, yeah, I asked away a very, I know you weren't the best athlete, but remember the transitional word that I'm using, the but word, right? You out, you were better. And, he said, and I said, thanks, Coach Bird. I appreciate it. Shook my hand. You know Good to go. Remember the one thing you guys have to understand when you're in this business is get familiar with your transitional phrases like but and all those types of words if you need to put them into play. Because if you put them into play, then you avoid a misunderstanding. Am I going to sit here and tell you I didn't take chances when I approached Tony Mandarich to try to get a little bit more information on his steroids? Didn't like it. I had to find another interview. (laughs) But I'm not afraid to take chances. I interviewed George Steinbrenner many years ago, too. But what I did, because I knew a little bit about the guy, is ask your easygoing farm question and all that stuff first and hit him with the manager's question. Boom, I would, he, he didn't want to talk to me no more. Son, we've done enough. And then what he did, when Ted Koppel did the same thing on ABC New Line, Nightline, treated him the same way as me. So if you're big or small, he ain't talking about the manager. <laughs> That's like, he's only going to brag about his titles in World Series. He don't want to hear about the manager question. Nah. Don't talk about but I never work. took it personal because I knew what he was all about anyway. So those are the kinds of things that if you're trying to prepare a young journalism, trying to be a writer first, get a handle on the language. That doesn't mean if a good opportunity comes along on the air that you're not going to take it. Because if you're raw and you go on the air first and you write later on, right? Okay, then fine. Just be conscious about how you're going to ask the question in the most non-demeaning way, but objective way you can. Because many years ago, Marshall McLuhan, you know, it's the first lesson you learn in journalism. The medium is the message. Remember that. If you always remember that the medium is the message, okay, then don't lose sight of where you come from and know that you don't want to abuse it. There's so many people in this day and age that do abuse it, which will bite them. And they will. I'm not telling you that I haven't done a thing or two back then, young, because I was taking chances. But does that mean that everything I did, I put it on the air, rethought it, and left it out? You evaluate it later, you do it then, and hope that you're polite, you don't get cut off too immature. Now, what I did with Goose Gossage was a situation I didn't like doing it, but I was up front. We aren't getting anywhere with one or two or three word answers. I said, I'd rather have nothing instead of what you're giving me because it ain't going to matter anyways. I could have it done in five minutes, and but at least I was up front told him, let's redo it again. We ain't going to do it at all. And he, but then he understood. And think of how many young guys. Now, I used to like Billy Martin back in the day. He was always nice to a young guy like me. But I was always trying to be – you got to respect the person you're talking to. Because as long as you're respecting the person that you're talking to, then they're always going to be able to give you their utmost attention span. And I know CJ in Cleveland is probably – Looking at the South Florida Tribune.com, wondering what kind of stuff I put on there, right, CJ? Yes, yeah, CJ. Oh, no, I'm trying yeah. to order the book on Amazon. Oh, good. Man. Go. I, can't, yeah. I can't remember my Amazon password ever, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, CJ, you know I love you, brother. You don't have to worry about that. But when I do get up oh, there, no, you're good. I'll I got my headphone in. Huh? No, I'm going to get it. I'm I got kidding. my headphone in. Hey, I told you I'm kidding with you guys, man. No, no, you're good. <laughs> 
hey, caught him off guard and you scared him. Huh? You caught him off guard and you scared him. Oh, did I do that? I'm sorry, <laughs> CJ. Oh, well. I, you know, I, hey, listen, CJ, you're the best. I get up there, man. Hey, listen, let me just tell you this. Each and every one of you, CJ as well, Ed, well, Motor City Mad Month, I know I'm invited to my show because I have to, somebody got to put the stupid thing together anyway. <laughs> and Peyton, I mean, you guys get open invites to my shows. I got all kinds of different shows anyways. You like talk football? One of these days I'll bring on Inside Depiction because I ever heard of Malfar Jr.? No. Yeah, he used to be a running back in the NFL. Yeah, I've heard that name before, but yeah, I have. Yeah, he's not heard there. that name before, Ed. I have. Like, I, like, yeah, I'm not going to lie, but I've, I've heard that before, uh, you know? I'm not going to lie, but I've heard well, I'm not going to lie. He's on my Tuesday night show, just so you know, at 8.30 Eastern time, so I'll put you on there. What do you mean? You can okay. rub elbows with the guy. Nice. Yes, like, he's rubbing elbows. Uh, I'm telling you, rubbing elbows, shoot. I uh, talk to professionals. Coach Bond will be on there once mm-hmm. in a while. I'll have a rotation on there to, uh, with you to hang out with the people that are in the business instead of the people like, people like me that went out there and, uh, you know, not afraid to lay it on when I have to, right? I mean, that's, that's but I, I mean, my goal is to get the best type of guests that I probably can, you know, and as long as those individuals out there, can handle what I'm going to throw. I mean, I prep everybody what they're going to come on. They know what they're going to talk about. These guys, are, you know, are individuals to me that I respect in their industry. And uh, CJ, I'm telling you, Ed, Peyton, you I'm know, down. I mean, I'm down. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, well, we had a uh, Mr. Spectacular on. Uh, shout out to Jesse Goddard's and one of our biggest guests on. And I was nervous before the interview and everything. But you know what I thought, and, and I and I find this to be true about you know uh, people. No matter how big they are, they're just normal people. So if you just give them a a, a normal response, a, an everyday life kind of, uh, you know, I like to make comments before, like when I was going to the Clippers games and interviewing uh, baseball players, and and I'd just be like, hey, it's it's it, you know, what do you think about food? But the weather, you know, just just kind of common talk, and, and like you're not afraid to come up to them. It, it, it's it's so nice how they they will embrace that. They'll feel comfortable, and then they'll open up after that, and then then it's just like a normal interview. And yes, this is a mega superstar you're talking to, but at the same time. Time, if they feel like you're on their level or 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 just on a normal level that's right. when that's when the floodgates open and you can have the best kind of uh, conversations well then you know what you gave a lot of great advice to a lot of people out there is what you just did by yourself okay whether you're an entertainer or not an entertainer whatever you are just be nice and polite to these people they'll come down if they feel like you're in awe of them they're gonna say yeah you're just a fan out there just exactly and you don't want to do that and so you get you answered a question that even Peyton obviously, but oh, you know what I do is sometimes what I'll do is I'll make sure I Google enough statistics on them. No way, way nobody's going to break your damn record, anyways, pal. So what the hell did <laughs> do that? I maybe not quite in those words, but you always want to make sure that you're in a situation where you know you, you're prepared. If anybody sees you're not prepared, they're going to right fuck you out of here. Next guy, yep, next. Yeah, many years ago, back in 1987, I, I took a job as a director of public relations for the Gastonia Rangers. And Sammy Sosa, Juan Gonzalez, and like 10, 12 other minor leaguers that made it to the big leagues were there. So it just so happens I was a Yankee out in North Carolina. See, I can talk to you guys because you're up there, so it doesn't matter. Okay, so we're good. Okay. But who knows how many people are watching the show? Nothing against folks in North Carolina, but I, Yankee Doodle wasn't dandy down there, did Right? They do not like. They don't like. Right? That is I'm trying correct. to take money from them to go ahead and buy billboards in NASCAR country, and you know that's a tough challenge. So, anyways, 
I happened to go to Sims Park at the time when the Rangers were playing. They had the American Legion ball there. So, I don't know, I was just shooting the breeze. It was a one. And the game was so lopsided, I kept throwing stats out there that these announcers from that Kings Mountain radio station were throwing out there. <laughs> and they said, man, you're pretty good. Yeah, well, nobody likes advertising, but here. And also the guy said, would you like to come on and do more of these games? Yeah, I'd love to be able to come on there and do this. Well, you know, but I'm not doing it the way you guys. All you do is pet Johnny on the back, and that's all you do. And you don't have any damn reason to do it. They look at me. And I'll come up with stats all over the place about this and that. So I, if you think I'm kissing somebody's, you know, what here, just because I think they run to first base quick like a damn gazelle, that ain't the way I do it. So I would go out there before those games and find out what their batting averages were and all that. And all of a sudden, these Yankee Doodle was a lot more dandy at that point. <laughs> because I wasn't kissing mama, daddy, uh, grandpa. I mean, you know, I'm trying to be the answer. I don't know how good right, right. Grandma, okay. <laughs> And uh, or granny or whatever the hell you call them down there. I even bought a couple uh, books down over at Cracker Barrel going out there to try to see how you talk that language down there, although I never did a good job anyways. And, you know, I nearly got a full-time job over at a place called Cherryville, North Carolina, but the deal, the acquisitions never went through. I ended up going back to Detroit for 11 years before I subsequently moved on the road. But they liked me. The reason why they liked me was I wasn't going out there and doing things in a way where they were phony you know what i mean give me some damn meat on the bone don't go uh, many years ago when i broiled turkey out in kansas city with a friend of mine because we didn't know how to cook a turkey oh we'll broil this bird and see what the hell happens you know instead of taking basket taking that buttermilk turkey butter whatever the hell you call it and shot baskets at that stupid thing that's what we could have done and and the way i looked at it we took the stuffing out because it wasn't any good uh, we didn't we didn't know how to put it in there back then that was when bill belichick was the coach of the Cleveland Browns, and they beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. That's how coincidental this thing was. And I believe Nick Saban was on that staff, and yes, he was. those other guys were. But man, I'll tell you, don't ever ask me to cook a turkey, because that was the last one I ever attempted with a friend of mine to do it. So I guess I know I'm going off a lot of different ways, but where I'm coming across is, as I give you guys stories, you got to be a very good storyteller. One of my mentors is former Detroit Tigers Hall of Fame broadcaster ernie harwell ernie harwell one of the best ever yeah. absolutely and ernie to me not only did he show me a couple of tricks on the air and all that you know what i mean but he taught me a lot about life is what he taught me a, a lot about and how to be a professional and i think that's the one thing that's so so important about being a life and being a professional you know and nowadays you guys have more opportunities for access you have google out there i mean if you ever, ever want to be a writer you always have an opportunity in South Florida Tribune to write four to six, eight, ten paragraphs. I'll get you a ball with so nobody will ever be able to tell you you don't have any experience. Bag them. You got it here. Again, yeah, yeah, I will. I mean, I'll tell you, you guys want to write here and express yourself, I'll put you under. We'll go to www.southfloridatribune.com, and then you'll see what my page is about. You guys become writers, and I know what I got. I got three thorough, young thoroughbreds in the making here if you want to write and say what you got to do. And if you ever come on a broadcast with me, I'll take your writing and stick a video right in there and make them 
read it, talk to it, whatever you can do. That way it's got, that thing many of us remember years ago in school called show and tell, right? Uh, everybody had to go through that show and tell, right? Yep. So <laughs> we'll show you their writing and then and let them tell you the story, you know, at press conferences and the story. And besides, it saves you three or four paragraphs about how quote he said he added all that garbage. I hate that stuff. Yeah. That's old AP stuff. This isn't the old school media. And my book is all about old school media and new school media. How you doing, CJ? Did you get it? I got it. Yeah. So when is that book going to be delivered there, brother? Doesn't say yet. No. Not prime. I need to get prime. Oh, so you got to, he, he doesn't get the, uh, four the weeks sh- probably know. Yeah. 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 When I get up there, there, CJ, I'll be more than happy to endorse it. And, and I'll take a picture of you with a book in there. If you ever come to South Florida, I'll do the same thing. I'll take you, I'll take you guys out to dinner and I'll spend All time right. at my brother's restaurant. I don't mess around with you. He's got a company card. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, to some extent, I do have a company card, CJ. So, you know, uh, you ever heard of this? We app? got a company card, so we'll take you out. Was it Uber or a We Lyft? got a guy yeah, in Florida, too. We got a set case. Have you ever go to where's Case Work? Disneyland or Disney World? The one in Florida. Let me, let me, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, you know what my acronym of GMCA stands for? What's you guys want to take a chance and try to get it figured out? No. I, mean, I don't not, want to get in trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, he already learned his lesson not trying to do it when I brought the entertainment. So thanks. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and he wasn't going to go and say, all right, I, I tried to figure this guy out. And, you know, I mean, you guys all had good answers, but not the one I was looking for. But then again, you've only known me in person, like, all of 45 minutes, so we're having a ball. <laughs> I like the 20-minute segment where we can talk all day long. As long as I get on my show by 8.30, I'm okay. But, no. Yeah, uh, I can't screw whatever. Huh? I'm not worried about it's it. not. Ed's got a segment. Oh, okay, it good. Well, you know what GMTA stands for? Great oh, minds cool. think alike. Okay, uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Peyton got smart. He wasn't going to say Ali. I was afraid where it was going, but I, that there makes been that's multiple good. routes, my friend. There could have been multiple routes. Right, yeah, I right. know. That's why I gave you the direct route. You know what SCP? <laughs> you know what SCP stands for? Scott Van Pelt. No, not, that's SVP, not STP. Oh STP. man, uh, <laughs> Stone Temple Pilot. A couple of years ago, he's a nice guy, and he also shares the same name as me, Scott. <laughs> Nice. And, I, and I came earlier than he did. You know what STP stands for? And, it, and if you and if you when you get the book, you'll you'll see it in there as reinforcement. By the way, all three of you, if you get it, uh, STP is a motor oil, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's not where I'm going with it, man. STP stands for. Look at this guy. I love, look at CJ's right. All right, what is he up to now? <laughs> no, CJ, we're relating here. No. What is he up to now? I'll tell you what I'm up to now. Okay, <laughs> Slow down, think, and proceed. That's how you make it. That's and that's what helped me pay through college because I was able to uh, be able to think of every move I wanted to make in terms of what I had to do. Look at this guy, CJ. Now he's getting it figured out there. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot of different things that you do. And as journalists, you better know what the five W's on one H are. Any of you guys know what those are? The five W's, who, what, when, where, and the uh, why. That's yeah, five What, when, where, and why. Yeah, you know what the last one is? The H? The how. There you go. Bingo. This guy's got it all figured out. There it is. I wouldn't say that, but I appreciate it, Scott. No, you didn't. You got him right. So. First time somebody's ever told that. that. You know what they call that? They call it a factual error because you got it right. Mm. 
and it's still an air though. That's the only downfall, and that's that's all good though. We always uh, he's, a, he's a Steelers fan, so you know. Hey, listen, I got news for you. I was pulling for the Steelers to go uh, ten and seven, and with Tomlin not having a losing record. So if I were him, I'd be getting. I would go to Mason Rudolph. Where do you want to go for the best steak dinner on the planet? He doesn't know there. I'll give you a place out in Amarillo, Texas, called the Big Texan. That's a heck of a place there. Yeah. That gives you a sixty-five bacon stuff here for about nine million dollars. <laughs> it was a big place. I enjoyed going to the. Uh, you know, I don't, maybe I'll give you a lead for advertising. Go to the Big Texan in Amarillo, Texas. Save them this clip and say, "Hey, you got to go out there and advertise here." Amarillo called the Big Texan. Okay, but no, CJ, you you know. I didn't mention that one in my book yet, so that'll be one for a little. There you go. There you go. You guys are see. There'll be a section on there about some of the best podcasts I ever went on, and you guys (laughs) stay in touch with me. You guys might find yourself in. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Like the sound of that. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, man. I don't. I don't mess around. I'm not one of those types of people that gives you lip service. You know, I really don't. I mean, you know, uh, I, I tell it the way it is. You sure do. You sure do. And yeah. we, we, but we appreciate that. Like I said, you know, it, one, one thing when we have our guests on, it's like we want them to be free, unabashed, and, and, and give it to us like, like it should be gotten. And uh, you, you've done that. So thank you, sir. Well, that's, that's so fun being out here. Unabashed. Well, let me tell you, somebody gets on my bad side, they don't get unabashed, they get bashed. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. you know, here's the thing, okay? <laughs> you know what Scott and P- Van Pelt and I have in common? Besides the same no. name. Well, you know, we, we haven't gotten a damn. Our name is Scott. We haven't gotten the residuals on any of the damn towels because of Scott. Oh, towels. Scott's towels. So you talk about the. We got the original. Great Life isn't fair. You Man, seem like no. a brawny kind of guy, though. You honestly seem like a brawny kind of guy. Well, that may be for uh, uh, Ryan Braun, but I'm not brawny. I'm Scott with towels here. We got. Okay. We're talking mm-hmm. commercial business here, though. Okay. We're not talking about brawny. Now, if Ryan Braun had to use a lot of brawny to fix up his steroid situation, it'd be a different situation. But, <laughs> but we're talking about Scott Towles. And you know what? I have a lot of, I have a city named after me in Arizona that people don't understand. Scottsdale. Well, that one too. That's they, they understand that one. But with my personality, I am named Bullhead City. Okay. <laughs> my bad side is Bullhead City, brother. And I went to the right school, University of South Florida Bulls. See, I got a school named after me. And by the way, the rings show it. Oh, ooh. nice. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I don't get personal too often, but there was a woman over to Chili's restaurant that says, why do you wear your college right? <laughs> oh. And I told her, because I'm proud of it. I paid my way through. I think it's really weird. So you know what I told this woman? I said, here's what we're going to do. Okay. You're asking me a question about a college ring? I asked the waitress. who was like, adorable. Absolutely adorable. So what do you think of this person? I don't think she's any good. Okay. So I, t- I said, get her a uh, thing. Take her meal with you. I said, I can't remember what this woman's name. Probably because she didn't last long enough for me to remember. Hey, sweetheart. There's, I, I, here, I'm going to make sure that you have your meal tonight because it's wrapped up. And that thing called the door, why don't you leave? Because I don't, I'm not interested in you if you're worried about a college ring that I spent so much money. But maybe you'll find yourself a dumb SOB that doesn't wear a college ring that I'm proud of my championship ring. 
And then I talked to this waitress and tried to hit on her, nearly got her phone number. But we got to know each other really well. Just back at the time, but she was a sweetheart. But the reality is, is this. When you go to college or anything like that, what you end up doing, or wherever you go, be proud of what you've done. Don't let anybody bring you down. Don't let any amount of negativity put you in a position where it's going to bring you down at all. It's not really worth it. So, I mean, but, you know, that's just... uh, I uh, give you more than you guys bargained for. You have, you have, you know, yeah. you've been a great, you've been a great guest and everything. And yeah, believe me, I, I love your stories. I can't wait to get your book. I can't wait to get it signed by you someday when we meet up and uh, get oh, on, your, on your show and everything. Um, but we have about probably about maybe like ten minutes left. We got to do some things. You got to pay some bills and everything. I, like that. I want you to plug all your stuff. Tell us where they can find you and everything. Okay. And uh, because, like I said, uh, you've been a great guest, and uh, we hope to have more. Uh, uh, communication back and forth uh, moving forward here. Yeah, anytime you want to come on, let me know on my shows, Inside the Pigskin, Sports Exchange, whatever you let me know. Uh, you know, you're also welcome. Uh, Peyton knows how to get a hold of me, but, and Jay Bielis, you're familiar with him, right? Or at least I know Peyton. Yes, yep. yes, yes, we yes. are. So he, yes, we are. Joe's one of my best friends anyway. So all you guys have an open invitation to come on, but, you know, to get a hold of us, check out our website, www.southfloridatribune.com. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at Tribune South. So that's at Tribune South. And I'll even reshare a lot of the content with you guys if you want me to give you more ammo for your shows, if you want me to do that. And so please, please subscribe to the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. The South Florida Tribune. When's your show? What do you do your show? Oh, I do every, oh. every day. Uh, inside what the time? Pigskin, you subscribe will be on there uh, tonight. It starts at eight thirty Eastern time. So, and you know my phone number for you guys is nine five four three zero four four nine four one. So, you can reach out to me, text me, let me know that I was on this unbelievable broadcast and talking all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, I probably got off nine million topics. Found a way to circle back to what you wanted, anyway. <laughs> That's right. We got <laughs> the answer. <laughs> I told Peyton that hey, listen, you know when he's calling me brother, and I'm getting to know the guy that I know I got a good. We're going to have right. a good time. He kept me as loose as he I, I don't. I don't. Nobody rattles me. I've been around the best. I've had my jaw whacked nine million times. Sugar Ray Leonard, Chuck Noetner, all of that stuff. So Scott, who's oh. your uh, who's your Daytona 500 winner this year? Says Casey. He's got a question for you. Who's my Daytona 500 winner this year? Oh, it's too bad Tony Stewart's not in it. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to go with uh, Bubba Wallace. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. I like Bubba Wallace. I like everything he stands for. I think it would be good for a lot of people if he does win it. Okay, I I, I agree. I agree. You can't. You know what? That'd be, be nice. Shake it up a little bit. That uh, NASCAR circuit. And, and if that isn't good enough, Brad Kesel. Brad, I don't think he retired. Did he? Brad Keselowski. He'd be another guy to watch out for. And he's from my neck of the woods. Um, Brad Keselowski. Um, not sure offhand. I think he's still. I'm doing a little still. quick Google search really quick because offhand, I'm gonna... he, He's a potential guy. I actually covered last year's Daytona 500 Rolex 24. The one oh. with Travis Pastrana in it. Yeah, I, I covered both races. I'm really a lot of the time there. But all my contact information, again, is www.southfloridatribune.com. And once again, I'll put it up on the screen. Please, yes. my book is Lessons from the Microphone that you can get on Amazon and Kindle. They, they get delivery very, very quickly. And I am a man of my word. If I, when I see you guys, I'll be more than happy to endorse it, take a photo with you with the book in your hand, and then we'll have a lot of fun talking about it. 
And when I write part two, okay, you know, I'll go ahead and insert you in uh, some of my best podcasts that I was invited on. And if you want to send this podcast to SouthworkTribune at gmail.com, we'll put it on our website as an appearance for me as well. Wow, That's the absolutely. Exposure in different ways. So, you know, mm-hmm. so, but again, please subscribe to South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. And again, the book is there and Twitter and whatever else I mentioned here. It doesn't matter. So I get so caught up in talking to you guys, I forget 90% of all the content. Because <laughs> I'm in the zone. He is in the zone, and you gotta catch, catch everybody. Catch Scott uh, at uh, South uh, seven days a week. You got yeah, seven, yeah seven, exactly. Like I said, it never stops, and I love it. And uh, you are the Motor City Madmouth. You came as advertised, and uh, Peyton was not lying. He told me, you know, I got this guy, and uh, you delivered, my guy. You delivered. <laughs> Thank I'll you, tell Scott. you what, you guys. There's a four-letter word named after all of you guys. You know what that is? Capital B, capital E, capital S, capital T with an exclamation point. Bang! All right. We'll take we that. We love it. We love That's it. Right, yes. But listen, Sorry. stay in touch. Get in the rotation with all my broadcasts on the South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. You'll be able to find it through subscribing to South Florida Tribune channel itself. And there's all kinds of opportunities for you uh, with my organization as you've given me the opportunity to talk about my book. And then some on yours. This, this show I knew was going to be fun. But boy, I tell you one thing, the fact that you took all those stories, uh, Elvis Gerback one and all these other stories, you guys made it even more enjoyable because what you guys did tonight is you gave me an opportunity to go down memory lane. Awesome. Well, we, we appreciate you, Scott. We appreciate everything you've, you've talked about and we will talk to you soon. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, have a good one, my guy. And we'll, well, we'll be in touch. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And you know how yep. to get a hold of me. I look forward to the beginning of a great relationship and you guys will see me active on Twitter. So God bless you guys. Have an awesome show, and thanks for letting me be a part of it, okay? Great right, having you, Scott. Thank you again. Thanks. thanks. Bye now. Bye. Okay. All right. What a great guest. Plenty of stories and everything, but you know what? We have to do. We have, <laughs> just leave. We have to. I know he, he must have. Uh, we, have to, we have to pay the bills. I mean, you know what that means? That means it's dubby time. Dubby. Yes. If you want an energy drink that you can mix at home that doesn't give you the jitters. Or no make you crash. If so, then try no Dubby. These products have right no now. calories, no sugar, no maltodextrin. No like I no said, I don't know what that don't know is. What that they means. don't have it. No fillers and no artificial flavor. Dubby has great flavors such as Dragonade, Galaxy Grenade, Beach and Peach, yeah. and Dub Sludge. So head on over to Dubby.tv and use the coupon code We Like Sports to get 10% off your order. Also, also as your favorite one, uh, CJ, because I know you never let me forget, oh. got to head on over I'll to the Snooze You Lose podcast with Uncle Joe the Black Bookie. He'll get you set with your Sunday Snooze You Lose pick of the week. So you'll want to do that because you'll add more coin to your man purse. Your purse. Because if you saw $100 also, laying on the ground, that's right. That? That's no, right. you want to do that. And that's what Uncle Joe the Black Bookie's offering. And who else is offering that, Ed? Uh, also, oh, my bookie. We got to talk about my bookie because, like I said, you want to definitely hit that up. Because, right. uh, like I said, if you, CJ, because I know you don't drop things a lot because you're not Ernest Biner. That's a bad, that's a bad yeah. Cleveland Browns show. Not but, uh, I, either. I apologize. Because if CJ, if you find a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it. So don't pass yeah. up a chance at Easy Cash with my bookie. My bookie has the biggest yeah. online selection of odds and contests to fill up your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere, so you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. But on the NFL, college bowl games, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at my bookie. Use out. promo code SPORTS, that's SPORTS with a Z, and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Again, that's promo co- co- code SPORTS with a Z. Claim your bonus. Quarter code. 
because they sometimes Stop. have both. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You'll want to do that. So, what's up? It's your boy Uncle Joe, the Black Bookie. Don't go anywhere as you're listening to the We Like Sports podcast. Once the show is over, tune in and subscribe to the Snooze or Lose podcast, available on all streaming platforms. Our show is a sports and a sports betting podcast where the motto is and always will be win together, lose together. So tune in and like I always say, snooze you lose. What's going on? We like sports podcast fans. We wanted to take the time to tell you about our great friends at Sidelines Sports Bar and Grill. Sidelines is known to have the best wings in the Cleveland area with over 30 different wing flavors, including our favorite, the Spicy Honey Blast. Sidelines also has their steak special every Wednesday all day for only $9. You get a perfect 8-ounce strip steak served with your choice of a baked potato or fries with a side salad with the dressing of your choice. This great deal is for dining only. Stop in to see our friends at Sideline Sports Bar and Grill at 1165 Pearl Road in Brunswick, Ohio. Again, that's 1165 Pearl Road in Brunswick, Ohio. Or give them a call for takeout at 330-220-0888. 330-220-0888. Sideline Sports Bar and Grill for nights you never remember, but the friends you'll never forget. Thank you, CJ, for not <laughs> I don't know what you do but you know you you tend to always get me in a in a in a, in a mood cj you you kind of you just have that. You get him in the mood but we have to do this we have to do this i know we got uh, you know i got about you know maybe about 15 minutes left here so we got to do this because this is it's 2024 and and, and 2024. what's in 2024 2024 there's a there's something big i think there's elections there's things like that but we have elections we have, and I, we have this. In 2024 and beyond, don't forget to tune in to... We're going to have the Great Debate! Oh, yeah! <laughs> the We Like Sports Show presents to you the Great Debate. Yes, the Great Debate the is back. Now. It is back. Um... Peyton was was a, a nice uh, uh, participant when it came to Peyton. Ideas. Yeah, he was a masturbator or debater. Hey, debater, master debater, master debater, not master. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna legend, give you a way. topic, and you're not gonna be able to pick your position, but you have Sometimes a minute and a half. Like you, a minute and a half, CJ. You might be disqualified. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sometimes he lets us. He let us pick last week. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't. I don't exactly play by the rules. But I'm trying to force the rules. It's a new segment, CJ. If we go by the seat of our pants, just like how you kind of shit your pants earlier in Scott. But I'm going to do something different this week. I'm going to do something different this week. Instead of giving you the position, because this is more of an open-ended question, we'll decide whoever wants to go. Well, I'll decide who goes first. CJ is going to go first. <laughs> and, and the and the question is Lamar Jackson. Who is his NBA equivalent? You have a minute and a half. Ooh. I'll give you twenty seconds to think, and then you then you can go. Um, no, I got one. I feel okay. Like one. Um, reminds me of Melo. Like I think Carmelo Anthony's like an eerily similar one. Um, you know, kind of electric in the season. And like I know Melo didn't have like two MVPs like Omar, and but like I don't think anybody thinks Omar is the best part of football right now. Um, but like Melo was an electric scorer. And he was just a guy like that. He couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs. And I think that, like, they're eerily similar guys. Um, you know, at times they can run the media the wrong way. I, you know, I think Lamar's been an awesome pro. I, 
I love Lamar. I love Melo. Melo had Melo fans. Lamar has Lamar fans. And people will support the guy no matter what. Um, but I think they're eerily similar. Um, I don't know. Lamar might need a mellow, like a mellow, like move and get out of Baltimore. You know, I think we've reached a point of like, will this ever work out long term? And you know, for them to run the ball six times and get away from the game plan, I, I, I don't know. But I, I think to me, yeah, Mello would be my equivalent to him. He's this guy, and he's kind of going up against these top elite guys like Mello did with LeBron and them. Yeah, but AI yeah, made it to made it to finals, QC. Martin make a Super Bowl. Thank you for pointing Martin. that out. But, but thanks, Casey, for yeah. chiming in. Yeah, if you're chiming, part of it. Like Mello, if Casey's yeah, chiming Mello. in, Casey should be on the show. Just saying. Uh, yeah, but you know, he's probably got that downtime. You no, know, Disney's watching. Yeah, yeah. the mouse Disney's is watching. watching. Yeah, the mouse okay. is always in the house. CJ, are you done with your answer? I want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I saw the Allen Iverson. Fair enough. Topic. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I just hey. I think he mellow. Okay, mellow. Peyton, a minute and a half. Who was Lamar Jackson's NBA equivalent? All right. I'm going to do one better than CJ here. I'm going to not go with one specific player in NBA. I'm going to go with the team. I'm going to say the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors. Mm. And it's because they had a 73-9 and regular season record. Baltimore Ravens, great in the regular season. In the AFC Championship game, you saw a lot of immaturity. You ended up seeing Zay Flowers, the fumble. You ended up seeing him. He smacked his hand on the bench. But after that, and you saw Isaiah likely calling for a ball in triple coverage in that AFC championship game, that matchup alone, you ended up seeing all the flaws and all the mistakes of the Ravens and the immaturity. They might win a Super Bowl. They might win the big game at some point, but they didn't finish it completely. And I mean, not too many teams held the Ravens to under 10 points. I think it was the Chiefs. They ran the ball six times in the Chiefs on the top five defense. I'm just throwing it out there. That's bad coaching. Mute them. You know what? One better. I could do it now. Anyways, (laughs) with with Lamar Jackson and the immaturity of just the whole entire team, you saw that happen over time, and they were that close. In the future, you might see them win the big game, but they're not going to get there until a while, until they work on this immaturity fact. And with the Golden State Warriors, you saw the Cavs. They took them to seven games. The Cavs, out of all people, LeBron James, the Cavaliers, you didn't end up expecting them to come back down from 3-1. Granted, the Cavs and Cleveland got their karma with the Indians back in 2016 as well, losing a 3-1 lead as well. Stop. But- that hurts. And I hate to say it, though, it's terrible. I feel like it's been karma. a yeah, we, I'm going to say the Warriors, though. 2015, 10 seconds. 10 seconds. <laughs> no, that's it. 2015, okay. 2016. Yeah, but I mean, Warriors. the Warriors, that Warriors team, they're the champions. Well, here's I, what I'm going to do. You know, they had championship DNA. I just think that, like, I don't know if Melo or if uh, he doesn't have that championship DNA anymore. Well, here's what I'm going to say. I feel I'm like gonna, if it didn't happen now, I'm I don't gonna, think You know what? I, look, uh, Peyton thought outside the box. I appreciate that. I love that answer. CJ, here's why I got to give it to Peyton. Because you comparing him to Melo. Melo never won MVPs. Lamar Jackson's winning MVPs. Melo never won. Lamar Jackson never won a championship. We just but I know, but, but when you're comparing equivalents, why not compare oh, him with an MVP that didn't win a title? Like, I, I just don't Like who? Steve Nash? He's not Steve Nash. They, that would have been more. That, but that would have made He's more not sense. Steve Nash. He's mellow. He's flat. Mellow's an elite the score. Mellow's oh. an elite <laughs> score, and he's an elite player in the regular season and in the playoffs. It just never worked. He always got a little James Harden to him. 
Well, okay. Well, anyways, here's the thing. Well, like James Harden gets fat though. CJ, Peyton gets the point. Sorry. He just, right. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to do three of these. Yeah, That's why he's gonna do this. Well, we're only gonna probably do two. Here, but here's a good one because we had on the uh, Motor the City Mad Mouth. We're gonna go back to D- Detroit here with this one. And, and the question is, Detroit's loss is one that will doom Dan Campbell moving forward. Is it a loss that will haunt him the rest of his career and he'll never be able to recover from? I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give CJ, well, I'm going to have Peyton go first, and he's going to take the position that, yes, it will doom Dan Campbell. Oh, man. All right. Wait, you want to trade? You want to trade? No, there's, there's no trades here. That's just trade. You want to trade? You, you don't trade. Yeah, we'll trade. Right. Then you go first, then, CJ, <laughs> since you're trading. Since you're taking. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how this is not going to doom Dan Campbell. You know, mm-hmm. Super Bowl shots at Super Bowls aren't promised. You are up 14. You're up, what, uh, seven? What were they up? 17. To 17. 17. 24 to 17. 17 points at the half. You're 30 minutes away from going to a Super Bowl. Super Bowls are not promised, right? We have never been to a Super Bowl. Is that it says the Lions? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they shot I forget that you went over. to the Capitol building on January oh, 8th. I still forget that. Uh, a- <laughs> that you were there. What was it like? Um, yeah, what was it like? No there? comment. Um, Shout out to Sean, no. by the way, Joe America. <laughs> Slash Ohio no, Man 1776. Um, thank you. Yes, thank you. Of course, 1776. Don't tread on me. Um, yeah, no. Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on, CJ. You have an extra 30 seconds. Trips to the Super Bowls aren't promised. When you look back at the decision, right, we don't, we're not scrutinizing any plays. Like he brought up uh, the fumble earlier. We don't like it's, it's Dan Campbell's decisions is what we're looking at. Dan Campbell is going to know, like, fuck, I probably cost it, you know, a, a shot to not only go to Super Bowl, but a shot to win the Super Bowl. So I, I just think that, like, this is going to haunt him forever. Right, even if he wins another one, you don't think that you know Belichick has regrets about decisions that he made when you know they lost their Super Bowls. So I know any shot you have a chance to win a championship. Championships are not promised. Dan Campbell made bonehead decisions, and granted, they were decisions he rode with all year. Uh, but they finally came back, and you know that when he left, uh, you know he had that long plane ride and drive. You know he's still thinking about should I kick the field goal there? Should I won four on this? Like you know that's in his head. Yeah. Especially okay. a guy like Dan Campbell. That's a big, you know, Dan, we remember those first few games when he started. He's a crier. Yeah. I watched Hard Knocks. Yeah. Kneecap yeah. biter and a crier. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. All right. Peyton, your rebuttal. Uh, why Detroit's loss is one that will doom Dan Campbell. You say it will not doom Dan Campbell. So do you guys remember his first season coaching in 2021 with the Lions? Yeah, he cried a lot. I just talked about that. Yeah, but do you remember what the record was? Okay, no, I'll answer it. It's 3-13. and 13. That was his first year as a head coach with the Lions. Last year, he was 9-8. and eight. This year, 12-5. and five. Each and every year as he's been a head coach with the Lions, for one, the team's drafted great. I mean, Jamison Williams looked good. Gibbs has looked good. Gibbs got more touches throughout the year as the season has well, gone on. good. Date Laporta looked good. Adam Laporta's cousin, Sam yeah, Laporta, my one buddy, he ends up having this phenomenal cousin, apparently. But regardless, not the point. With Dan <laughs> Campbell, each year he's gotten better and they're drafting well and they're young. And yeah, I mean, the trash talking and the grittiness, you saw it with CJ Gardner Johnson with Baker Mayfield. That, I mean, you backed it up because you won that game. If you didn't, 
CJ Gardner Johnson, you're looking like an ass otherwise. Unfortunately, just because that's the intense of just that's the heat of the moment. That's you as an athlete. You can't blame him for that. But each time Dan Campbell has gotten better. And within three seasons, he was in an NFC championship game against the team that the team in the first week against the chiefs beat as well. So I'm not saying it's a shoe in, but history has said that they're already, the chiefs are a beatable team. The lions out of all people beat them to start the season. Dan Campbell, I don't think is going to sweat about it. The team's just going to keep on drafting. Well, and you're just going to look on this continuous improvement. If the 49ers in 2020, when they faced the when they faced the Chiefs, if they would have ended up dwelling on that for the rest of time up until 2024, do you honestly think the 49ers would be back at the Super Bowl right now if they're dwelling on a loss to the Chiefs? No, absolutely not. You can't do that as a head coach or as an athlete. And CJ, you should know that you're a baseball coach. Yeah, and wow. you know, listen, I you know, as a coach, I went to my first championship. 2015, I went to another one 16, but then there was a like a seven year window where we didn't get back. And you know, you start, we didn't mm. get back to, well, not a seven year window. We didn't get back to one. Math is not, we're not math. You, <laughs> you, uh, you know, five or about, about, I think there's probably about a four year gap between, but like, you know, you sit there and you take those playoff losses and you're like, is, you know, am I going to get back to that spot? You know, trips are not promised. That could be the closest Lions get. I mean, what's the last time the Lions were in the NC title game before this? How many coaches have been – yeah. How many coaches were in between that? Like, you know, they're an 0-16 season. Yeah. You know? It trips back or not promised. fans, though, too. I mean, 0-16, you're showing that with Falcons. a five- to ten-year period. Falcons were up 28-3. They didn't come back. You know? Yeah. It, it, the, had, it, what, three trips in 20 years to the playoffs with one, one playoff game? I'm gonna give it to to Peyton on this one. I oh like to hear you. How I think you're because he articulated. I, I, I he articulated with facts. The Super Bowls are not promised. I just did the. Same they're not. Thing. They're not. But... It's a debate. It's an opinion. They're not promised. Right. Dan it's Campbell an had a shot. If he kicks that field goal, they probably are going to the Super Bowl. You don't think he's regretting this and this ain't gonna haunt? And him. you're not he arguing just with me point. if I pick you. I am arguing with you, CJ. You're a big oh, baseball guy, favorite right? His favorite team. Yes. So, How, well, how's that Guardians? The Guardians blew a 3-1 lead. You don't think Tito regrets some of the decisions he made in 2016? No, but the thing is – Do you think that, he thought it was a given that they were going to get back to the Super Bowl? Well, they did almost. Do you they think Kyle Shanahan thought that it was a given that he was going to make it back to the Super Bowl? No. But here's the thing, though. change your mind. That's it. With, with it analytics, me. though, Ed, when you were growing up, no. what was analytics in baseball? Analytics are stupid. You're right. And, and that's exactly Even in baseball, it, they're stupid. But that's the you know what doesn't now. drive in runs? Walks. Walks don't drive in runs. I'd rather have a 300 hitter. It gets on base at a 350. He doesn't even know. No, he's don't still you dumb. mute me. Analytics <laughs> are stupid. I'd rather have a guy that hits 300 and gets on base at a 350 club than a guy that hits 245 and gets on base at a 350 club. I don't care how much you want. Analytics in baseball have, and I'm not saying it ruined the game How many analytics teams are winning World Series? But I mean, the Lions made the NFC Championship game, and you have to take risks. They're going for it on fourth down if it's worked. And the Chargers take risks. And the Chargers took risks. Yeah, did you see the head coach they hired last year? For two years before, they fired him. But they took risks for him. Same guy. Justin Herbert, same thing. Same bozo shit. Did Brandon Staley not always go for it on fourth down when it said, like, hey, like, go for it? Yeah, and it got him fired. Wow. 
that will conclude another rousing edition of the yeah. great debate. I'm not um, done with it. You guys want to argue, feel free, but I got to jump off here. And I want to say this. Um, I will be on the squad pod with Yvette, Lissandra, and sure. Lana. I'm going to hop on there real soon. Go be on with the squad out. pod. Go, Go ahead. Go be on the squad pod. CJ, while I'm giving us no. love, you can kick talk about it. Kick him out of here, Peyton. Peyton, kick him out of here. Until next week, I want to say thank you all. Uh, The show continues on. I have to leave. I will miss everybody. But uh, We Like Sports Show will be on back next week with another rousing edition of The Great Debate. Hey, I'm heading to Truth Social. This is all fake news. These are fake debates. They're rigged debates. This is all ridiculous. And now I know how Donald Trump feels. And Peyton was there on January 6th. Thank you. I was going to let you plug him one more time, and then CJ and I are going to dive into some Cavs talk really quick for about 15 minutes. But, Ed, the floor is yours one more time. Okay, like I said, Squad Pod uh, will be on 8 Go to the Squad Pod with Yvette and Lissandra and Rosalina. A little bit of Mama Mana. 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 A little bit of Mama Cita, some senoritas. Okay. okay. Well, like I said, I, what are they talk about on the squad? On the on the. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about half times, uh, Super Bowl half times, or big game half times. Sorry, I can't say that. Uh, big game oh, yeah. half times. You think Usher's gonna take a shirt off? I hope so. I mean, I yeah. think Taylor Swift. If it would have been the Lions against the Chiefs, I think Taylor Swift and Eminem would have taken over the half. They bring the Taylor down. Swift down from the Raptors like she's Shawn Michaels, and she just right on the stage. I, 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 I'm gonna leave with these parting words. Peyton, good luck. Peace. I, I'm in trouble. Thank you. See, I gotta blow the internet. Hold on. The internet will blow up if that happens. If she comes down. CJ, say one nice thing about me before I leave. I like your hat. Thank you. I do like that hat. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Ed. We love you. Yeah, love Take you. care. Thank you. We didn't even get to you throw that bullshit. You know that. They're so terrible. What? Which part? There's rigged debates. No, hey, there's rigged debates. It's fake news. <laughs> You're so mad. Why are you so mad? He's, yeah, he's mad at the hat. That's what it is. I wore yeah, you hat. wore a bulldog's hat. What just do you one. expect? Just one. I knew he was going to hate on it. But anyways, though, I mean, let's just break down the Cavs. I mean, Darius Garland's coming back. Apparently, next game, you got Evan Mobley Monday. back. Yeah. And you ended up mentioning last show, too, Evan Mobley. I mean, if you ended up checking out our TikTok, make sure to follow us at We Like Sports Show. But CJ ended up saying too, and I mean, first game back, kind of. Listen, started. I I just I stand by it. Um, at his best, he's Jared Allen, right? Um, he will not develop into this elite like three level scorer. He has no offensive game unless it's around the basket. And I again, I do not think there's anything wrong with that. But he's not going to develop into this three point shooter. Um, he's just not. He's a fucking stalwart defensively. They're both amazing on the court defensively together. Offensively, there's a lacking space, and Mitchell can't really thrive. Um, and you know, Mitchell's shining with the ball in his hand, and it makes you wonder, all right, well, how's Darius Garland gonna fit back in? But Jared Allen, if you watched the game last night again, like fucking 2017, man, like and just quiet as can be about it. You have Jared Allen too, and one of the uh, one of my friends that I went to high school with, Garrett Fortune, he ended up commenting on the piece that you ended up saying about Mobley and Allen, and he ended up saying too, he goes. The difference is, is that Mobley, I, I forgot paraphrasing, but Mobley's a little bit more athletic. When it comes to Jared Allen at center, he just gets bullied. And, I mean, the only thing that I have a he problem with is Jared not. Allen, New York Knicks, Julius Randle. I, Evan, Evan Mobley's super soft. Evan well, yeah. Soft. Uh, soft. I, I think they're both soft. You now. need a bigger big man. It's a problem. But um, last night on the floor, Jared Allen plus 11, Evan Mobley minus 5. You know, Evan Mobley 10 and 9, minus 5. Um, Jared Allen plus 11. I would love to see what they are. Okay, see. 
I had, I had I'd love to see you have like I, 10 15 minutes he's on break I would, I would love to see what they are like you know individually last night without each other on the floor but I just don't think they work offensively on the floor together and that's my biggest concern right now is with Darius Garland coming back I mean Sam Merrill I mean he's looked great without Darius Garland on the floor like he's been huge and now the thing is is you got Darius Garland Last night, his minutes were cut back a little bit. He didn't really score that often. I think well, offhand, he was 0 for 7. If you're watching some of the fives they've put out there, they've had the G-Wagon at the floor a little bit more. So that allows them to spread the floor. When you have the minivan out there at power forward, like you're able to do different things. And I don't think that's going to be something you'll see when everybody comes back. And I do think Sam Barrow's going to have to take a back seat. Um I, I I just think right now it's how do you take the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands? If you're watching Casey, what are your thoughts right now. Right. So, so if you look at the lineups like like they've ran, right, the last what three years since we got Jared Allen, you run big the whole time, right? You're running Mobley yes. and Allen, you're running big, that's what it is. And it's the outlier in the NBA. So if you look at what we've been doing now, is you run Allen at the center as the anchor, and then you have shooters all around him. Right, you've got Wade Okoro's hitting shots now, like you said, Niang's hitting shots. So I think what they need to do is not stray from what's working. Even they're getting Garland back and they're getting Mobley back, but it's tough it, to do though. It, it is because you you have, if you look at it, you put Mobley and Allen rarely on the floor together, but they play thirty five minutes a game. So how do you do that? Because he, once you yeah. take out, like I think you play Mobley, you start them both, right? You take them out in the first five minutes. And then you take out Allen, you know, eight minutes in, and then just run, try to keep them not on the floor together. Yeah, but what do you do the last five? I know, because you, you got to sit. You can't sit one of them in the end of the game. Yeah. Defensively, it works. Offensively, yes. is the problem. There's no spacing. That's where Mitchell is shining with all this room. I think that's why the assist numbers have gone up. Yes. He's got all this room. He's got shooters. It's a lot like the LeBron shit. He's got shooters around him. And unless you're going to force Evan Mobley to kind of adapt to be what Kevin Love was and stand on the three-point line. But they, they, they said they're not going to. threes all year. Yep. They like, said they're not going to do that. They said they want Mobley yeah. to be that inside guy and run the five. And I think that hurts him long term. And I, I think the thing is, is with the injuries to Garland and Mobley, the biggest benefit that the Cavs ended up seeing – it was from J.B. Bickerstaff, and it's the fact that, like, the biggest thing that the issue has been is he can't run rotations. It's the same thing every time. He had the same bench crew. Now you're kind of yeah, seeing the different intermingling of rotations. took over. I think they forced his hand with the injuries, and Mitchell just took over. So what do you do? If, if you're the Cavs at the end of this year, and you, would you run it back with the same four? Like, what, what do you do? Like, I mean, it's, it depends I, what happens. Right, right? now like, it feels weird, but, like, it's like I, – I think it's more of, like, a short-term thing. Like, what do you do at the deadline is more of a cause for concern. Because it's what? The, when's the deadline? February 8th, coming up. You, you don't right? trade Mitchell. You don't trade Bobley. You're That's making, what I'm saying. You like, do? you're stuck in, a, like, a rut to see. Because I don't know how many games they have. I know they got the Pistons coming up. They have the um, third easiest schedule I saw to finish. No, no, no. I'm trying to see the game between now and then. The deadline. I just want to look. Go ahead. Yeah, I, now I just don't know. We have, we have Detroit, Memphis, one, two, three, four. Yeah, five games, six, five games, four down the deadline. Like, I just don't know what you do because you haven't seen Garland. You're not going to have Garland enough back. And if he comes back and struggles, it'll just blame Rust and say anything of Mobley does. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. 
Like, because you're not going to make a move now. You're thinking, like, it, it, from the outside, I feel, if you if you told somebody that the Cavs are getting that Garland and Mobley going into the All-Star break with how hot they've been, they would say, holy hell, they have to just yeah. watch out for and you feel like, But, like, if you, yeah. But from I, the inside perspective like, of us, like, I'm you more feel worried. like they might play worse. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're gonna lose and I think it's just because we're Cleveland. Like, we're all supporters. No, of the Cavs, I don't think seen it. the Cleveland thing, I think we saw it, how it started this year and how it ended last yeah. year. Yes, but like uh, those are the memory that are fresh, and I know they were never really healthy to start the year, but like with Jared Allen on the floor, this team is better. And I, I, I said before, Jared Allen's not a bum. He's he is an all star. If he's no, in a spot where he's he an all star, he is going yeah. to be an all star this year. He deserves exactly. to be an all star. Like that, that's what shows oh. me is like when when Mobley played this year, he was he was shit. Really, Jared Allen was was almost a liability. It felt like like playing, but now when he has the time to shine and that center is all his, I mean like. I knew, I know he's good. We knew he was young. It's just hard to get him on there. I just think that everybody still has these like expectations that Mobley's going to, and I've been, I've been pounding this for months. He's not going to be a shooter ever. It's never going to happen. And that's what he needs to do. He needs to take the next step to be the shooter because if he could, we'd be be fine. Like you said, if he was loved. Offensively, this doesn't work. No. And and inside, like Jared Allen, it's, ah, I don't (laughs) know. But you don't trade Mobley. Like, what do you do? You, no, you do. You have five games Mobley. to pretty much showcase him and have him as well, a starter if you do go so, like, there. That's why it becomes like, uh, all right, well, wh- who's your fall guy at the end of the season if you get bounced in the first round again in the second round? Like, Well, it depends. You know, it can't be Mitchell. I, I don't think it can be Mitchell because you saw what he did. The only way you're moving on from Mitchell is if he doesn't sign long-term. And I think he is more prone now to end up signing long term or getting an extension. I don't know. I don't know what it's for the injuries. I mean, he's going to get offered an extension no matter what. Do you think Mitchell could be the best player on a team and win a championship? I think I'm going to answer your answer or your question with like another like two part answer. I think for it to happen, it's got to be like a, a dirk like run. Like, he's got to go be unstoppable. And it's the supporting cast around him. Like, those people need to show up. And like what you're seeing right now with Darius Garland when he was hurt and Evan Mobley when he was I don't hurt. think Mitchell can win a championship with the third best guy in this team being like a Sam Merrill, a Max Truth, or a George Yang. I will say that. If you look, though, the third best player, it would be Mobley or, or Allen. No, that's what I'm saying. Though. I'm talking like if we moved on from one of them. Like, and it was like, you know, let's say like they even moved on from like Garland and like some huge blockbuster deal. Damn, like, like, because like, I'm looking at the lineup when when we were banged up, we have like won on this run. Like, the third best guy on the team has been like Struis, Niang, you know, like those guys on a given night. That's not winning a title. It, it, it's, I'm telling you, like, it, it's sad because we have the guys. We like the, I don't know if I talked about it on here or not, but the problem I think we have is if you look at the NBA, the championship teams, the like for the finals for the Cavs, you run eight deep. That's it, right? So we have so yeah. much, which so great in the playoffs. All right, yeah, they're, big they're, off the bench is Dean Wade, though. Yeah, but in the playoffs, the, the problem that you hit is like you have so many of those dudes. Who's who's the three guys coming off the bench? A Coro. I think your three guys coming off the bench are going to be a Coro, Wade, or Wade, yeah, Wade, and Niang maybe, or Niang and Merrill. No run there. Right, but but yeah. it, them sucks. Right, they have a bad start. You're pulling them right away. When we did that last year, they were so fucking gassed. Yeah. So the benefit. Uh, I I tweeted somebody about. It. I saw a post about it. I said if you just take like two to three minutes away from Okoro, 
from like uh, Mitchell, from Garland, from those dudes that are playing 30 a game, and you just give them the Merrill or Porter a few games here and there, you'll at least have them well rested. And it's not like you're putting in dudes yeah. that, you know, like you're putting in guys that could do something. And if they start to suck, just pull them. But you're getting more rest. Well, than, and I, I uh, think that's the beauty of the NBA right now is like for any given night, someone can go off with 30 that's like random, like, or at least 20. Like Merrill's had big games. Porter's Merrill, had big games. Great. <laughs> Threes. <laughs> you know, like. I, I I think they're in this weird limbo spot. I think a couple of teams in the NBA are. Uh, but, you know, the Cavs have fucking been red hot lately, and, which and is what makes it tough. In ways, it has the best on-ball defense um, yeah. one of the, this year. Him and Okoro both. So, like, and they're hitting 35% from threes and up. Like, that's pretty impressive for for guys. Like, it's a 3 and D guy you want. But if you look, you don't yeah. think Okoro and Wade are, uh, you know, that great? Yeah, no, Coro. I think he had like seventeen at the half last night. He had like, seventeen to finish guy. the game too. I think um, he's shooting over thirty. Well, I think like, 30. There were times in the Knicks series last year where it just felt like it was five on four because they weren't going to guard Isaac Coro. Yep. I, like yep. that's what you need to kind of figure out. Um, I, I don't. I, I always come back to it, and I know I do with the Guardians all the time. But like, it's like if you are like, all right, let's move one of the bigs or move Garland and one of the bigs. Like, who do you go get? I, honest to God, have no idea who fits here. Great Garland. Who's a better fit next to Mitchell? If you kept yeah. Mitchell, right? who is a better fit? Who 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 would be better next to him? Like, you see some situations with like the the Durant and Beal. Like, you know, you put them to people. Are they a good fit? Kyrie and Durant, right? You have so many pairings like that that, like, what you have might be the best situation. Kyrie and Luca, another example. Kyrie and Luca is an awkward fit. Yeah, exactly. So it's tough. Fox and Halbert were weird fit together. That's why one of them had to go. Because we have a solid, like, you know, one-on-one team. Like, if you play, put those guys up, they're top, like, top fifty. Like, where do you think Mitchell's at? Top ten? I'd say top ten to top fifteen as a top ten NBA player. Yes, like the I, way he's playing, he's fucking playing out out of his mind. Yes. I think one of the bigs has to get moved um, yeah, long term, and I think it's going to end up being Jared Allen, unfortunately. And I think it's going to come back to fucking bite us. I said it the one of the last times we talked Cavs. I might have been Edmund Keith last week. I don't remember, but I was like, you don't. How many teams in the NBA would everybody would kill to have Jared Allen on his contract, like twenty mil? You don't think no, Dallas person. would love to have Jared Allen right now? He's no problems. He's he's headache free. Yeah. He, you know, like he, he's just—he's a fucking monster. He doesn't need the ball. He just goes out. He cleans up the glass. You know, I, I didn't see how many shots he took last night, but he had twenty. I can't tell you. Let me see if I can find it real fast. The box score. But I mean, Jared Allen. I mean, and it's not the right route to go. But you're going to end up probably getting a quality player. Not going to say a star, but you're going to get draft picks in return too. But those draft picks might not hit. I don't and you're pairing like them up with Mobley at the five, then why are you going to put Mobley at five? The NBA is such a crap. I don't give a fuck about NBA draft picks. Um, I agree. Dude had four offensive rebounds. He took nine shots and had 20 points last night. He's eight of 10 from the line. Like, he's efficient, man. Back 17 we... rebounds, three assists. You know, I just I don't know. It's a weird problem to have. You know, we talk about Sam Merrill. Sam Merrill played seven minutes last night. You know, Levert's another guy. Fuck, we didn't even talk about Levert. Yeah, Lavert looks LeVert really good recently. You're, playing, you're paying Lavert, and I mean um, Lavert's another option too. You could end up putting him at the point guard position or Mitchell no, at point guard. Lavert fucking chucks the ball every time he touches it, and he doesn't distribute either. And like that's just us just speaking out loud and trying to figure everything out with the Cavs. And I mean, 
I don't even want to say it's a good problem to have. Like those injuries. No, yeah, it's a good problem to have because you're playing really good. Um, and reality is going to end up hitting either way. Like if you end up trading away Jared Allen, like you're saying, you're going to end up. Having I, I don't know what they playoffs. do. I don't think they trade Jared Allen. I don't think they trade him over. They seem like dead set on like trying to make this work and bring it. Not reinvent the wheel, but like go back in time with it and have twin towers. Um, I don't think they're going. I don't. You don't do it. It didn't work when they had that playing game, and I think you mentioned that last week too. Like when Mobley. Well, I said last year, like Allen was banged. Allen was banged up during the plan when they did the plan. But I, I, I just I think he's super valuable. I've turned my page on what I think about Jared. I do think he's a little soft, but he's a fucking monster. Like, like Casey's been saying too. Like he's super efficient. That he's getting, and he's always quiet too. And you mentioned that last week. He's getting twenty and fifteen, twenty and seventeen. Like he's getting at least over. You look up and he's got twenty points. It's just insane. Before we get off, because I know we're gonna go off. I gotta know about uh, how you feel about Arthur Smith. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of indifferent. I think it's gonna take about three weeks before. George Pickens throws the water cooler at him. And the thing and is, we see him out here doing double reverses to, you know, the third string tight end and shit. I, I just, that offense has so much firepower. And I get it. They don't have quarterback right. I expect them to figure quarterback out, your Steelers. And mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to go to batter somebody. Um, I, think I, think so Fields, I think Fields to Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense. I think Russ, if he gets cut to Pittsburgh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think if Malik Willis gets cut to bring Malik Willis in a backup as a backup makes a lot of sense. And I mean um, Malik has I could, see Ma- I could also see Ma- I could also see Malik Willis going to be a Ravens backup because Tower Huntley's a freak and he's cut. Um that's all speculation. Uh but I just think that, that offense has too many weapons to be as dog shit as they are. And like and there's the too many is- good players. With the Steelers is the owner ended up mentioning, I think, yesterday a comment about that it's time to change the ways of Pittsburgh football recently. Like they haven't been in a deep playoff run in a while. And the fact that the owner's saying that now, I mean, it's been a while since they made a deep playoff run. The last Super Bowl was back against the Packers that they lost, which is I mean, it's been a while. It's been over 10, 12, 15 years almost. 15 yeah, I maybe. one day. I think there was like twenty four something coaches that won a playoff game more recently than my Tom one. Yeah, and that's pretty I, I don't know. I just wanted how you felt about it. I don't want to get into it because I don't like I mean with uh, just to summarize, I mean, I'm thinking slash hoping that ownership at least has an idea and they have a belief in him. And I just kind of think he looks stupid, on with that. That stupid mustache too. Which, which, with a dumbass mustache. I don't know. I can't wait to see him fail. I think it's going to be a disaster. I think it's a stupid hire. I think he sucks. The concern he got his job because just, he ran Derrick Henry like there was no tomorrow. He's just like, yeah. And you got Najee, you got Jalen Warren, but. Najee might not be there next year. Jalen Warren's probably going to be your main back, I'd and you don't want to see Najee something happen like Derrick Henry, like you saw yeah, with. The I think Najee's really good, and that's huge. Two years ago, nobody's saying that. I mean, he's no. I think he's still pretty good. I thought he had a good like stretch running season at the end. Um. No. All right, we'll save this for next week on the We Like Sports Show. But one more final thought. I want to ask oh, you a question God. in return. All right. Royal Rumble this past weekend. What were your thoughts? I mean, obviously the winners are pretty predictable. Yeah, no, but we're good. Did we you like the overall show. Um, I think the production is definitely looks better. I'll say that. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. When I look at the Rumble, I thought there were two people won it, and they didn't necessarily need to win it to tell a story. 
No. You know, and- I, the stories there with Bailey and EO, they're going to do that. Um, and the stories there with Cody and Roman, they're going to do that. Um, I think the tease of Cody and Seth is just to buy Seth time while they try to figure it out. But if the they do change that. Seth and Punk. No, they're not going to change that. If they it's do, Cody. though, it could no, work. They're not, gonna. they're not gonna. It's Cody and Roman. That's the story. But regardless, it, though, it, I... it could, but I mean, that's not the fucking story. People, I think the big thing that I got out of it was just how kind of like I don't want to say like tiresome the bloodline has gotten, but like I think it's fucking hilarious. They keep doing the same spot with it with solo, mm-hmm. same shit, different show. Oh, uh, I think it's fucking, but like there was just no reaction. There was no reaction to that. There was no reaction to him hitting the getting the pin. Like, and that's when you should get worried in wrestling, when you're getting no reaction from your crowd. Cheers, booze, as long as you're getting something um, to get nothing. I, don't know. I thought the women's rumble was better because it's fucking hilarious to me. Um, just, you know, from the true spot to the Chelsea Green yes. spot. Like, they're just funny. They're just funny spots in it. The men's rumble felt kind of like, eh. There's no um, nostalgia, and if you're a nostalgia person, you didn't get that. Oh yeah, it just didn't feel like a rumble. Like there, and I get it. We, you know, in our head, we overhype it. We're like, who's gonna show up? And like, you know, I was like, Sammy's gonna be thirty. Like I fucking show you the group text that mm-hmm. I called. Um, I called Liv being thirty, but like I just yeah, I don't know. Like it was cool to see them bring people in the women's the men's. Just kind of felt like I don't want to say filler, but like you know, filler. It wasn't. No. It wasn't the same as last year. I, I like, loved. I loved difference. the rumble. I loved the rumble because the rumble was like live gambling. Like it's just like watching your parlay. Yep. It's like, oh, this is it. Oh, this. Oh, seventeen. But then it's like, as you get to the end, it's like you bet the over, and like, cause like overs are always in play when you bet. So it's like mm-hmm. I bet the over, and then it's like, all right, I'm home for somebody. And then it's like, all right, when by the time the thirty hits, it's like, oh shit, the overs are dead. <laughs> like it's like. And, like, I think the coolest part during the Rumble, my favorite part, obviously, Braun Breaker, great to see an appearance by him. He looked very intense, and I think that's the best way to describe him. And Yeah, the Wolf Dogs, your favorite tag team, I'm sure. And uh, that's actually what's coming up now, too. We're kind of leading you into NXT, oddly enough. But uh, oh, I yeah, no, it's not. heard truth, though, in the comedy spot for the men's, too. Yeah, the- like, the true shit's funny. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, we'll see where they go. Many seasons going to be interesting. Um, I don't know. If I had to, like, grade the Rumble, I'd say, like, a B- minus just because I was hoping for more. You know, you were seeing the tweets and shit beforehand. And to get, you know, you thought maybe, ooh, maybe Max. Ooh, maybe Okada. Ooh, maybe this. Yep. It was like, and then nothing. And we all got full. Um, and I think that's the art of just. Well, we, we do that to ourselves every Rumble. You know? Yep. You know. You're always expecting something bigger, and I, I think that's just part of being a fan. But, I mean, regardless, I think this is a great, great debate question for next week. And I think Casey's coming oh, back up. you can't do the great debates, though, because Ed just plays favorites. But I, I just – no, he does, though. Question, though, for next week. Listening. The great debate, R-Truth, is he a Hall of Famer? I want to hit I him, and I want to Ed to be a part of it. I refuse to participate in the next debate because Ed is just, you know – we have to look into the integrity of these moderators. And Ed's integrity is really coming into question for me. Maybe we That's should start like guest tweet. moderators and just have no, somebody we not can't do guest moderators. No, Ed's biased. He needs to check that shit at the door. You were at January 6th. You stormed <laughs> the Capitol. Uh, anyways, oh, CJ, plug. plug yourself on social media. Your new Twitter. It's not, not worth it I don't even anymore. know what I changed it to. It's S-E-E-J-A-Y. Oh, yeah, it's Hawk. C-J Hawk. 
Make yeah, sure I don't know. CJ. You'll see us in the clips. Um, who runs our Twitter for Wheel Sports? Maybe give me the login so I can start arguing with some people. I mean, I feel like whoever's doing it is giving some kiss ass answers back. Dad, sometimes um, did, did, maybe we'll talk. You watching the Pro here. Bowl? You watching the Pro Bowl? Absolutely not. I'm not watching oh a flag. God, football. you gotta watch it. It's so great. I can't wait for it. Pro Bowl. Why? I'm gonna if, bet on the. I'm betting on the Pro Bowl. Gardner Minshew, Pro Bowler. Did you see that? I don't fucking know. I don't even know who's in it. I just, took the NFC. I just took the NFC because Eli is funnier. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, since he's in the Super Bowl, is in the Pro Bowl. Gardner Minshew got promoted, and that's a Pro Bowl quarterback after Anthony Richardson was hurt, which is kind of a surprise. But I mean, good for him. He ended up kind of changing the trajectory of what he had in the past in Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Yeah, no, he's our he's the new like Jeff Garcia, Josh McCown. Oh yeah, definitely. He's, or he's Tannehill, fucking awesome. Yeah, no, Tannehill sucks. Well, what was a journey, man. Be Patrick, no, yeah. that might be a better one. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be a little more. Yeah, he's kind of funny. He'll be on TV after. I don't know. But Follow we like sports show. We just crossed one point five million views on the webpage for since his existence. Um, so like pat us on the back for that. Joe America, he's pumping out articles. Some other guys are pumping out articles. Um, we got a Vince that's pumping out articles. He's going to end up popping on the show at some point too. We're going to Super Bowl's going on. We'll, I'll do a mock draft probably post Super Bowl, like a first round one. We like that, and we like sports. Yeah. But we'll yeah. see you guys next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at We Like Sports PC. I was no, going to let you throw up the ED if you wanted to. Oh no, I'm not throwing up. He's a fucking little bitch. God, he's so ruined, aggressive. He just ruined the integrity. Like, you need to answer right. the questions. Regardless, we'll see you next week. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Oh Tune in next week. Take care.